in a world where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite. And honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think it's that great. When Gone and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a while so far this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just, like, the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. 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 Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RBD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay. What's up? <clears throat> oh, hello. What's up, everybody? Um, 
Welcome to live rounds. What are we on now? Episode 46? 47. 47. Okay. Wow. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. I appreciate it. Um, got a lot to go over. Um, and, and honestly, this will probably be the most harsh I've ever been on AEW in a certain way. So I still really enjoyed the show, but I'm not letting this one slide. I was pissed. I was super pissed on Wednesday. So I definitely want to talk about it um, and kind of see how Steven feels about it because Steven's a very optimistic person and, and, you know, it's all good. I appreciate the, uh, the uh, optimism, but I, I also think it's important not necessarily to complain, but let your frustrations be known because Tony Khan is the type of guy that will actually listen to the fans. And he even somewhat apologized already because part of it too, is not just necessarily how things were like what the actual thing was, but how it was done and, and like the reaction from that, I guess you would say. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a, there's a lot of things to go over. One thing, I don't know if you're realizing this, Steven, but the draft is next week and, uh, I, I absolutely can't wait for the draft. So I'm a huge draft nerd. Absolutely love the draft. So, um, I'm really looking forward to that. So yeah, we got our wrestling to talk about this week and, um, and then, uh, yeah, I'll be heavy into the draft next week and no telling what, what, uh, what we'll find out tomorrow and what's going to go on in the wrestling world. That It's one of those things where it's like, we're so used to all this crazy buzz of wrestling news and all this stuff. And when things are kind of died down, it's kind of like, Okay, like we'll we'll get through it, but we always find enough to talk about and always uh, have a pretty good entertaining show. So appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, how you doing tonight, Stephen? Doing well. Can't complain. Um, yeah, I'm interested to hear about this AEW gripe you have. I'm very sure I know what it's about. I just uh -huh. realized that your hat is the Cowboys logo on top of the state of Texas. I was trying to figure out what was like around the Cowboys logo. I realized it was all oh, yeah. together. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, I'm very, very excited for the draft. Um, as somebody who doesn't follow college football, but follows the NFL closely, I am interested in the draft strictly because this is where I'm going to find out about a lot of people and a lot of future stars and a lot of future busts and all that stuff. But for me, most people's careers, for me as a football fan, usually starts like in the draft. Like That's usually my first introduction to most people, unless it's someone that I know the Vikings are like heavily targeted. I'll look a little bit more into some of those players, but, yep. um, or of course, you know, the names that like, you know, you can't miss that are, you know, all over everything all the time. Like there's, there's certain stars that come out of college football that obviously I hear about and stuff like that. But that all being said, yeah, very excited to, to get closer to, cause there's been a little bit of a lull cause like all the free agency stuff happened and now there's a little yep. bit of a lull and then like the draft is going to be another boom and then they'll start getting in like training camps and stuff. And like, like, we'll start gearing up also, for next season. There's a lot of players still out there in free agency. They're, yeah. they're going to be a lot cheaper. Their prices have gone down. So after the draft, everything's going to pick up, you know, guys are going to either get their new deals. They're going to get traded, going to get signed. The one that's interesting, ECW Hardcore 07, is uh, Debo Samuel. He kind of seems like he might be out of here. Um, he, he's not happy with the 49ers. And it's really Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, and Debo Samuel. But it really sounds like the Debo one is is it's got some real traction to it, and he might be done. So that's that's a huge playmaker to lose. 
But the problem is, is when the market gets set, it's now like it's either this or nothing. So you might have prepared like, oh, yeah, we're going to give Debo 22, 22 million, no problem. And now it's like, no, it's now 30, 30, 30 for a wide receiver. Are you kidding me? So, well, the difference with him, though, is he's like. I don't know. I don't know how he'd be used on other teams, but if he was used the same way he was on the 49ers, like he was uses everything. Like he wasn't just yep. like a wide receiver. He was like taking stuff in the backfield and like, yep. but that's also another reason that he would want a lot of money because like the shelf life on average for an NFL running back is something like three seasons, like on average. Yep. And he's got that to consider Then on top of that being a wide receiver that could also, you know, get hurt and maybe have a short career really anywhere on the field. That's the one thing I'm, um, when it comes to Justin Jefferson, I'm concerned soon about how much money he's going to want because like that's mm-hmm. inevitable and he, he deserves big money. He's on a rookie mm-hmm. deal now, but he does deserve a gigantic pay bump soon. But I also think we're going to use him kind of like they use Samuel to a degree. He's not as physical Justin Jefferson, but like, I think there's a lot of plays that are coming up with the Kevin O'Connell and like the new regime that are, that have Jefferson all over the field not being way less one-dimensional. I think he'll, there'll be a whole lot of plays designed to get him the ball from all over the place, but that also makes it more likely he might get hurt. You know what I mean? Like you're getting the ball over and over and over again, getting it from all these different angles and stuff, but Debo Samuel, that's, that's huge. That's a huge loss for the 49ers. Like they might, they might not be a playoff team without him. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one, but there's so many wide receivers in this draft. And, and I, it's like, I told Bill, you know, the chiefs have, um, two first round picks, two second round picks, two third round picks, and two fourth round picks. And, you know, yeah, you lost Tyree Kill, but based on what you can do in the draft, you, you might be a better team at the end of the day. Like, you just don't know. Like, some of these, I, and the thing is, is like, I've just seen it time and time again. I mean, I've seen where we've traded back and got a guy that had a third round grade and he turned out to be an all pro. And I was pissed. That we got, we traded back. We only got a third round pick. We drafted Travis Frederick at 31, and he turned out to be an all pro. So it's like, you just don't know. So, you know, what just because people are telling you how great this player is or how awful this player is, man, give it a chance. See how, see how they are. Um, but yeah, honestly, for you, I think you're going to either get Stingley or McDuffie. Um, those are two corners, right? That, the top corner sauce Gardner, but he's yeah. looked at as like a top five, top six guy. So unless you're trading up, I don't think he'll be there. Right. So then it's either Stingley or McDuffie for you. So I, I would get used to those names. Yeah. I know like sauce is the one everyone like keeps talking about. I remember the Vikings talking about him, like, or at least the people that talk about the Vikings talking about him real early on in the process. Like, like, yeah. when, like during like last season, it was like, this, you know, and the same thing was happening with um the names escaping me now. The uh the the quarterback that came out of nowhere from like that small school who's got the cannon. Um, what's his name? He, Josh he, Allen? No, 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 no. Like he's oh. this season. He's coming out of oh, Malik like a, Willis. Malik Willis. Yeah, I remember Vikings fans talking about him a while back when we were like still on the fence about what was going to go on with Kirk. They were like, maybe we build the whole franchise around this guy. And uh, now I, it looks like every team knows about him now too. Like, you know, it's become a big, so I, uh, yeah, I, I, I just need, I mean, honestly, just the best cornerbacks available. I think we should, you know, that's what the Vikings really need to do. Uh, cornerbacks, good offensive linemen, 
like a center, like in case things don't work out, because like we're gonna lose Tyler, Bradbury. Tyler, Tyler Linderbaum is the best center in this draft, but I just don't think anybody's gonna pick him at twelve or fourteen or whatever you guys are at. Right. So. And you never know, like you said with these picks. I remember one season the Vikings missing their pick, like yep. just straight up, like it like ran yep. out of time, and then we yep. wound up taking I think it was Kevin Williams like instead, and he wound up being our guy for like a decade. So like. You never know. And that's also why I don't follow college football, to be completely honest, because I feel like every now and then you get, I mean, obviously most of the players of the future are coming through the NCAA football program. Like I get that, but like there's so many college teams and so many kids who play in college and the, the skill gap is so different in my opinion, like between the speed of the NFL and the grown men you got to deal with in the NFL and like the money you got to deal with and all this stuff. And it's like, I, uh, I just, it, there's just so much, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's just, it's too much for, for, for the thousands and thousands and thousands of kids playing college football right now, maybe a handful of them are successful next year in the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's hard for me watch, to get invested. Watch the USFL and then you see <laughs> just the drop off from the NFL. I mean, that's what people don't understand. They're just like, oh, a bunch of spoiled brats and then, you know, who cares? They shouldn't get paid all that money. Like, there's literally only, like, 300 people max that can do this job total. Like, that's that's the, the level that they're at. So, um, and they are constantly having people be hired to replace them for cheaper. Like, that right. is the goal. You know what I mean? So, it's like, it's not only that they have their job, but they are actively being tried to be like they're trying to replace these people while they're on the team it doesn't matter how good they are you know what i mean so it, it's uh it's a wild business like imagine you going to work and you see the guy every day that is trying to get rid of you and it's your job to make sure that you don't give him a reason to you know yeah yeah it's very true it's a it's a crazy situation by the way i I do think that college players should get paid and i know that they can now which is great like yeah they've set things up finally where they can i thought those kids were getting screwed over uh for For a really long time but but yeah it's uh yeah we'll uh we'll see what happens uh in the draft i'm like i said i'm looking forward to it so i'm super looking forward to it. it's gonna be awesome and i also I don't really watch. I don't really watch college either. I just kind of pay attention to what's going on, and then when the draft comes, like I just start hardcore digging yeah. into to positions and seeing who's the best out there and the the like what grades they have and things like that. So it, it's it's funny because like you would think I would be really into something like college football because I'm so into indie wrestling. Like I like, I, I love watching I the, process. the same though, but that's the thing. I, I like, I, I enjoy the process of seeing the, I, it's, it's not that I, I mean, I guess overall I do like wrestling more than football. I guess if it really came down to it, but like the Vikings in particular, like kind of trumps yeah. most things, you know, but it's like, if the Vikings are on a Monday and I can only watch that or like wrestle, obviously the choice is easy now with raw, but it used to be a difficult decision. Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday. Well, if it's well, here's the, thing, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've screens. got I've got dual screens, but like if yep. it came down to it, I watched the Vikings because it's it's yeah, only same. it's only you know the season's only so long, and you know wrestling is going to be there. But same. But you know, but in in wrestling, I guess I just enjoy the process of watching like somebody again. Football. Another thing is I never played football, and like I don't 
fully understand all the the X's and O's about like, you know, I just can kind of tell if someone's good or not. And like, yeah, right. based on what I see, you know, when I watch them play, but like in pro wrestling, I can watch someone really develop from like, like a guy like Warhorse, for instance, like I saw him as like little Jake Parnell wrestling in front of like no people, his mom in the crowd, standing there like worried for her kid. who's like wrestling for the first time to yeah. watch like this guy, like, you know, get bigger and stronger and turn into this war horse with the paint and like the confidence and the whole, and just like, this is an example, but you know, a lot yeah, of people yeah. like that where you watch that whole, and then it's like, wow, one of these guys, girls, whatever might wind up on AW or WWE or new Japan. Like then you get real excited. Cause you got all this investment in well, them. I'm, I'm seeing Roxy on WWE NXT yep. 2.0 right now. And it's yep. kind of tripping me out because I literally would see her at the Houston premier arena, like every show I went to. Exactly. And so it's uh, you just never know. And then uh, Rachel Rose got AEW dark. Um, she was on there. So like, you just never know, like I'm sure Brian Keith and all these other people eventually will get their shot. So it's pretty cool. The the difference though, that I say like with college is to me, it depends on what kind of indie wrestling we're talking about, because I I could argue that some of the indie wrestling, some of the best wrestling you'll ever see. And in college football, it might be some of the most exciting games, I guess you could say. I mean, it's a very handful handful of people that will actually really amount to anything in college so it's it's like a couple of stars and the rest is just like whatever and indie wrestling now i mean you could get just a really stacked show of just oh, a yeah. whole bunch of indie guys now you can legitimately like i bet if i looked at some of these shows from like two years ago or whatever i mean even more recent potentially if i just started pulling up old shows of like random indie promotions like uh if, if i was to look at some of those cards i bet you every one of those names is signed to a major company right now you know what i mean yeah. like i mean and that's that's not just like one person like you're saying for football where like one guy on two teams worth of people might amount to something in the nfl whereas like an entire card of wrestling that i've seen before like you know 12 different people are all now on you know they've, they've all made it to that next step or whatever or if yeah. not they can make can continue to be badass on the indies working for themselves in football you don't really have that option to be like an independent football player like you i guess usfl or xfl or any of that kind of stuff is really the best option but that's really more akin to being in like a uh like a kind of like a low-level indie company where you know what i mean like that's still kind of still kind of similar but yeah anyway it's uh I mean, but also, by the way, like in wrestling, I know you get this in football sometimes. I, by the way, one of my favorite shows ever, and it's probably like not even available to find anywhere anymore because it, it, was, it was definitely a guilty pleasure show, but I loved it. It was called Friday Night Tykes. Do you remember this yeah. show? It was about yeah. like kids in, in yeah. uh, Texas. Literally, yeah, little, yeah. little uh, they call it like midget league. I'm not using yeah. that as a term. Oh, like, boy. Like, like how dare you little little, little little person or dwarf and it was correct but they actually they call it midget league like that's actually what the name of it is or at least was when the show was on it was midget league football and it's little kids and they were they were i mean some of these kids i think were like around 10 years old i mean they were super young and they treated this like professional sports and there yeah. was absolutely a lot of money moving around in the stands and like kids were whole families would move to different 
town so they could play on different teams and like yeah. we're talking like 10 12 year old kids and stuff and uh but so like for some of them like you know they'd be kind of cool to see kind of where they're at but in pro wrestling you get that into like a way cooler level i guess where you have like nick wayne is already signed and he's you know 16 yeah. 17 marcus mathers and billy starks and starboy charlie like they're gonna get signed and they're the same age as you know they, they, we're getting to see teenagers like progress so much on the indies and then you know get into the into you know the other stuff so yeah it's, it's just cool watching the progression I honestly disagree with this. I think almost most indie wrestling is really good now. I think indie wrestling is probably about as good as it's ever been. When I'm talking about take away Ring of Honor, take away, like we're just talking now just indies. I think it's some of the best, and especially the way that they're now able to take bigger stars from other companies and mix that in with indie wrestling. Because it's almost a lot like now, like the PWG model is now like all the way across the board, right? Like it's on Prestige, it's on um, uh, GCW, it's on like all these different places, right? So I, I just, um, and, and uh, what's it was like West Coast Pro or whatever, yeah. they just mm -hmm. had one too, where it's like uh, Davey's on there and then he's facing um, the guy from New Japan, what's his name off the top of my head? Uh, Suzuki he wrestled. No, he wrestled Kurt Angle. He wrestled a couple of other people. He just faced him. I can't think off the top of my head, but he's an old school legend. I'm trying to remember because, like that, like on a recent show, right? Like this is the last week. Yeah, last week because that was the same show that had like uh, I know Jacob Fatu just uh, just defended his title that he just won from AJ on that show. Who was it? I I just talked about this the other day. Actually, I, I'm gonna look it up. I can tell you in just a second. Give me a second. Someone in the chat's got to know. Did Davy Richards wrestle at West Coast Pro the other day? I'm looking at my Moxley stuff. Give me a second. Uh, Nagata. Oh, Yuji Nagata. Nagata. That's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So he wrestled Yuji Nagata, and then you see like Athena versus Taya Valkyrie, and they're doing this a crazy suplex to the outside through like 30 chairs. And it's just like this is like happening almost weekly now, where you're just having just crazy mixed match, all sorts of stuff's going on. So um, you know, in New Texas, they're gonna do Dante uh Martin versus ASF. Like it's just you just name it, it's just gonna be all over the place. So I, I think indie wrestling is at a really healthy spot right now. Yeah, I think it's like it's the best it's ever been, like overall. But also for you know, saying you have to be really selective about it. Um, like I I think that pretty much anything that's televised to any degree, like whether it's like streamed or on like Fight TV or IWTV, even Twitch, like most of the time it's gonna be really it was going to be at least high, high quality, like in ring, or, you know, you're going to see a lot of really talent, you know, a lot of talent, a lot of people, a good mix usually of like Doug saying young, young up and coming talent and also some veterans and stuff. But like your local indies, that might be a different story. Like sometimes you might go to a show that's like at like the fair and they have wrestling or something. I mean, like that's, yeah. You know, so I've been to some indie shows that aren't great. You know, I've been to shows before in like Nashville that, uh, they had guys wrestling that I'm pretty sure they like literally just like went and like found that were like working at the building or something. Like they didn't look like they had 
threshold ever. You know, I've seen that, I've seen that before too, but that's super, super, super unlikely nowadays on anything that's yeah. like streamed anywhere. Yeah. No, like the level is so much different. Loco's actually this week, but I'm not going to go. I'm, I'm a little burned out on shows after WrestleMania weekend and everything. And I, uh, I'll, I'll hold off. I'm hearing though, that possibly in July, they might do Fuego and, um, Joe Alonzo. So that's, a, that's been a feud they've been building for a long time that they keep having to cancel. So uh, hopefully they can get that one done. Yeah. And Joe Alonzo actually got to wrestle Gunther, which was pretty wild to see on SmackDown. He was a jobber, but he did get to wrestle. Oh, him. yeah, good call. I was trying to think so, of who that was because I saw some clips of that. Gun, Gunther, Gunther. Gunther, whatever. I can't even keep up with their names anymore. Well, no, it's all that stuff. I, something really funny earlier today. I was just, uh, I was just like killing time, and I just put something on in the background. And I, uh, it was like my my fight talk podcast feed. And I just like it just came up while I was like listening to iTunes and stuff. And I, I, it was this episode that I did in 2017. So it's been like five years, and it was a list of my top 20 WWE prospects like that were in the WWE system that had never won the WWE title before. And like, I had like Pete Dunn at like number three, and this is five years ago. And I said, I was like laughing when I was listening to it. Cause it was like me being like, there's no possible way. Like I, I pray to God that they don't just like ruin him on the main roster and do something stupid with him. Like this guy is so money and all this stuff. And I'm like listening to it thinking like, they turn this guy into Bush. Like they like totally change this guy. Like, from, like I'd be so, five five years ago, me would be so angry about this. But um, yeah, but he, but I will say this: the little bit I have seen of Butch, it's goofy. It's 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 goofy, but I don't completely hate it. Like I like the idea of a wrestler who just like out there trying to fight people. You know, it's like you know, I think the character itself is okay, but like if you actually know how good Pete is, right. like it's just insulting for for me. Like, and it's almost like they're going out of their way to make the small wrestler look smaller. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they like scrappy do right, and, yeah. and like. This was gonna be Adam Cole's future, dude. No, this I know. is what they were Budge. gonna do. This is but like oh <laughs> god, like it, it just it's 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 crazy to me. So I heard this crazy rumor and I kind of want to talk about it um and, and take it with a grain of salt, but it does kind of make sense. So the 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 guy that's like the direct source on the Disco Inferno Conan show, he has like a UK accent or something. He, anyways, he he's he's been right at some time, so I'm not calling him completely wrong here. But he basically said that the WWE's been for sale for three years. It's been for sale for three years, and Nick Khan was brought in specifically to sell the WWE. The issue with the WWE is they are not getting fair value based on their past. So based on the Benoit's death, the murders based on um, blood <laughs> and the attitude era, which is why they went so strict on blood, which is why they went so strict on everything else, because they don't want that look. And this is why they're bringing in celebrities. This is why they're bringing in more attention to try to make it look more appealing so they can sell. 
And if they do sell, the main person they're trying to, the main company they're trying to sell to is NBC Universal. NBC Universal is um, what makes them interesting is they don't own anything. They don't own anything of like a live entertainment or anything of that source. So they're interested. What I heard though is they're literally only willing to spend $1.2 billion for WWE. There's no way it'll sell for that low. Right. So yeah. the thing is, the value of it is really like around eight to ten billion dollars. But the value of pro wrestling, the stigma, all this other stuff have shot them down so low to one point two billion. So Nick Khan's job is basically to make them cool again, to make them at least get enough like cred to where a company is actually going to want to buy it. That's basically what the rumor is. Well, I mean, I, I mean, that's whether that's rumor is true or not, uh, or that source or whatever you from you said from Disco Inferno show with Conan. Yeah. Um, he uh still got a Disco Inferno. So I named my ten in my office here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. I was thirteen years old. How, how but like he's he's been but, right about Bray Wyatt and a lot of stuff that's gone on. Like he's. He's definitely more of a WWE guy. He's not the biggest AEW fan, but like he's been right on some things. He does know he does have some connections. Well, like right or wrong, I like I think that that's what Nick Khan's there for. You know what I mean? Like I like I don't know if like all the specifics are um, exactly that. Like if it's going to be NBC Universal or the one point two billion uh, number and that kind of stuff. But like that's been my my hunch about Nick Khan this entire time. We've talked doesn't about it, it make sense that since Nick Khan has been there and they still can't sell it, that there's a reason why and that they're not getting the offers that they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but I don't know. I mean, UFC sold for a little over 4 billion. Right. And the WWE's got to be, yeah, like you said. I mean, you said like eight to ten. That's that sounds pretty reasonable, if I'm being honest, uh, considering how worldwide and how long that brand has been established. But um, I mean, your value is only as much as people are willing to pay. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. If people aren't willing to pay more than that, then they're kind of stuck. Yeah, that's. I mean. But the the whole three year thing that's interesting too that they've been trying to sell for three years according to that. But I like I said I, I think that they're trying to sell before their next TV deal comes up, which is pretty soon I think. But that was kind of my timeline for a while has been to to sell it before the next TV deal comes up. But well, and if you look to NBC, is the Peacock are the ones that did the WWE Network on their deal. So like it's almost like a, a testing phase, I guess you would say, to see how things go. It's like a five year rental for their footage, um, and then I guess you go from there. But that makes sense. It is interesting because they've always dealt with NBC Universal, like even when it was like you know for Saturday Night Main Event and all that other stuff. So it's just something to think about. I'm not saying that this is fact and all this stuff, but it was an interesting idea, and it does make me think because. I mean, all the signs are there that they're trying to sell. Like, mm -hmm. it's just clear as day to me. But I didn't think of the, the point of, like, their value might not be there because of based on some of their past. I mean, you have the steroid trial. You have the dark side of wrestling documentaries that have come out. You have 
Hulk Hogan and stuff that he's done. You, I mean, like I said, their pass is pretty dirty. That's why I don't know if everyone, if they're whoever buys it is going to want to keep their pass or try to sell it. Also, I find it interesting that Chris Jericho said that Tony Khan's going to be running wrestling in five years, all of it. And maybe he knows a little something too. Maybe he knows that they're actually for sale as well. And then my thing is, is if it did get to $1.2 billion, right? And that would be the sell number. I think Tony Khan would buy it. Um. Yeah, honestly, I mean, like, I think Vince's, Vince's ego might be a little too much to sell to a competitor like that. Right. But, but like, if WWE was for sale for $1.2 billion, I promise you with everything that I've ever had in my entire life, that Tony Khan would buy that company for $1.2 billion. That's, that's, that's not even a question. If they were actually yeah. for sale and Vince would actually sell them to sell to him, like 1.2 is that's, that's not even, a see what I think, what I think you do is, is you have NBC buy it. Right. And then Tony Khan comes in later on and buys it from them because then you don't have the ego. You don't have to worry about the, oh, you know, like I'm not selling to my competitor or whatever. Yeah. Man, how how wild would that that be if that sell, ended up happening? Sell it to Cody Rose. Oh, God. I don't think Cody's got the funds for that. I don't know. Him and Tony Khan together, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. He could, he could find some ways. And no, then Tony I'm, would be like, I'm booking WWE, but we're keeping AEW and ROH, and I'm booking that too. Like, dude, stop. Like, there's not enough coffee in the world that can keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. He's already got a lot on his plate. Yeah. He it's does. weird even seeing him tweet. Like, today I saw him tweeting about soccer, and I was like, I always, like, I just care so little about soccer, but it's like, I forget sometimes that he's so involved in so much other stuff. Well, yeah, no. And like, so let's get in these super chats and then we'll yeah. we'll we'll talk about some stuff. Um Cactus J22, appreciate it, man. Thanks for the super chat. Um Steven AK Omos's number one fan. The floor is yours. Go ahead and defend Dynamite's main event segment. Also, I think TK's announcement will be New Japan AEW show. Okay. We'll get into the announcement later on. We're just gonna go ahead and talk about dynamite and all that crap. So um I guess since you're Omos's number one fan, you can go first. Yeah. So, um, so the this thing with uh, Satnam Singh, this is yeah. you know, what? So one thing that needs to be brought up about this is that the reason they're doing it is very very similar to the reason that the WWE gave the WWE Championship to Jinder Mahal when they did. This is because like Warner and Discovery and like this new partnership buyout whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. they need indian presence on the show okay mm -hmm. so i get that now i'll also say there's a lot of wrestlers with indian backgrounds that are actually good wrestlers right now already guys like raheet raju and like the even like the bollywood boys and stuff like there there are like better there are proven wrestlers of that descent that they can use right now that like you know what i mean if if you need wrestlers that have that heritage they're available that are ready to go right now. They, they've even had uh, Raheem Raju on AEW Dark a few times, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. great in Impact Wrestling, you know what I mean? Like, so Didn't he wrestle Tony Nese on Dynamite? I think so. I think so. Something he, like that. And he, he wrestled he's, somewhere he's, on Dynamite. He's very solid. Um, Like, he's, he's all, like, so, okay. So, that's up out of the way. The original debut of Satnam Singh was a gigantic failure. 
-hmm. And it had a lot to do with the lights out, lights Mm -hmm. on thing. It had a lot Mm -hmm. to do with them hyping up, like that the show had an overrun and Mm -hmm. all these things. He looked like he could barely move. Uh, he like he he tried he was supposed to throw Samoa Joe into the ring steps, and Samoa Joe just kind of like ran head, himself head first into the steps, and then I it was really concerning when you know all he did was grab Joe by the back of the head like squeeze his head, and all I'm thinking when I'm seeing that is like if all he's doing is squeezing his head then like if you're that size all I ask of you and this is why I don't give Omos nearly the same amount of shit that I give like. A lot of that a lot of people do if you're that size as long as you can move a little bit and do either a choke slam or a power bomb you're probably gonna have some sort of spot in one of these companies like mm-hmm. because the, they're gonna they like the size and the whole monster aspect of it so as long as you can lift someone high in the air and it looks impressive to see someone go from way up here to hit the ground way down there there's something about that that you know i think attracts especially young wrestling fans he couldn't do that the first night. It was really bad. <laughs> night two, though, that he that he came out the second time, this was a lot different, in my opinion, because it didn't have all that build up around it. No lights out, lights lights on stuff. And the aesthetic of him next to Jonathan Gresham was oh, like, but that's brutal. But then what made it even cooler, though. Is he was on his knees and choke slamming Gresham like full on choke slams because even him on his knees is is so tall that he's hitting choke slams on Jonathan Gresham from his knees and then he looked like he was setting up for a power bomb and I was like oh wait if this guy can power bomb people hold on a second he's starting to he's starting to cross off some of my boxes I'm looking for here I'll say this this is like a legitimate you're gonna have to let it play out thing AEW has a good track record of if it's not working changing it or getting rid of it nightmare collective Mm -hmm. dark order those kind of things Mm -hmm. they got to stick with the someone of indian background but i think they have other options that this guy doesn't work out or you can team this guy with someone smaller like raheem raju or something i don't know but i'll say this i thought the debut was a giant flop tony khan i think or has agreed on social media that it was a giant flop but i think the second showing if the second showing would have been the first showing without the lights on lights off and all that stuff a lot of people wouldn't have liked it still because it still comes off as very WWE type thing. But the second appearance I thought was way better than the first appearance. So that's how I feel about it. And and there's no way of me knowing how good this guy is one way or another, because like we haven't seen him wrestle, but at least he has an NBA background. So at least he has some sort of athleticism. Like I'm not saying he might be Sean Bradley for all we know, and he's not coordinated. I don't know, but he has some sort of athletic background at least. So Yeah. And he actually played, for the Mavericks at one time, I guess. So they debut him in Dallas thinking he's going to get like this he, hometown he, reaction, I guess. I, I guess. And, and he here's the thing. He moves better than Great Collie ever moved. He looks more impressive than Omos, I think, already from what I've seen. Just that second showing where the way he was throwing people around that second time, I was like, this this guy looks probably better than Omos is um, already in like two mm-hmm. showings than Omos mm-hmm. has shown in like two years. So, uh, so yeah. I know you're about to tear this shred, so let's go ahead. Not about to just so there's there's so many issues I have with this. One, <laughs> it please no. Um, one <laughs> for, the pure, for the pure title. <laughs> the de- oh, oh, and great name, the dentist. This stands for uh, demonstrate value, engage physically, n- nurture dependence, neglect emotionally, 
inspire hope separate entirely that should be your full dentist system right there great great name and uh, yeah great comment so so there's just so many things one suzuki and joe is a dream match right it's also the main event it's also a title change like if you were gonna do this don't do it for that and not only that like we were celebrating joe coming back to like pro wrestling right yeah and what does he end up having to do the same goofy shit he had to do in the wwe that same sell to these terrible wrestlers that look like they have no business being there and the he he doesn't move like great Kali, but that's exactly what you think of when you see that guy and the reason that aew was created was to avoid that type of wrestler because you were you were getting that wrestler shoved down your throat in WWE. Mm-hmm. And now you have a company that is focusing on the best wrestlers in the world and bringing this dream roster. And we're already having a feud with Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe. Like, we didn't need Lethal to go get this guy. And it's almost like, because it's like he, he, aligned, he aligned himself with Sanjay Dutt, then like Sanjay Dutt called his uncle or something for help. Like that's what it looks like optics wise. And I just, Lethal doesn't need this guy. Samoa Joe damn sure doesn't need to wrestle this guy. What, what is the end game here? Oh, like, I know that that's game. My... I got the dream match. It's going to be Satnam Singh versus Captain Insano. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, but what? Just watch. Like, just watch. Because they're trying to. They're, 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 they've, li- they've, apparently, they've apparently licensed the name for Big Show to use Captain Insano. And, like, he's the only other guy I could see them doing some big, like, giant versus giant thing. So. I mean, if it's. If it's a dynamite match, then okay, I guess, right? But like, what, what? See, this is what I hate about these big guys. It's, I have nothing against them, man. You know, like, I want you to make your money. That's fine and everything. But there's no way that you can be just like a mid-card guy when you're that size. You have to be close to the main event. And like, I'll be damned if like we get a CM Punk title run and he has to wrestle this guy, like, I don't ever want to see that. I don't ever, I don't even want to see this guy wrestle. I think we're way past the days of size being impressive. I could give a crap less about how big you are, how imposing you look, any of that stuff. You want larger than life. There's another company over there. That's what they made. That's what they had their bread and butter on. Let Brock face him all day long, you know, and he's like, well, I could have gone to the WWE, but I chose AEW because I could be the first there. The first of nothing. We don't want you here. Like what? There, there's nothing for you here. This is for the best pro wrestlers in the world. And, you know, I'm not trying to sound controversial, but this is what happens when you just search for representation because you only can click so many boxes if you're looking for something and you're like, well, we need this guy to be this type of dude. Well, what if he sucks? You know what I mean? Like that, that should be part of the story. And I've heard he's been training at the nightmare factory. 
I mean, this thing has Anthony Agogo written all over it. Like, that's what it seems like. And it's like, and the thing about the nightmare factory that frustrates me, like there's been a couple that have worked out. But dude, there's so much great independent talent out there. Just go get those guys. And just start putting them on TV and, and using them. They're already ready to just take these people from scratch. That's what WWE's doing. Let them do that and let them see how well that goes. You know what I mean? It's funny that Roxy gets signed by the WWE and NXT 2.0, and she's immediately on TV. You can forget the tryout and all that other stuff. Like she just try out the moment she signs, she gets to the performance center. She's having a match the next week, and now she's on TV because she can wrestle. Like, they don't have to worry about trying to teach her how to wrestle, you know? So, at the end of the day, like, and now, and then this is another thing, too. If we're bringing Sing in for ROH, then this thing is like ECW, WWE. <laughs> like, we are just immediately mm-hmm. destroying ROH. And Tony's talking about ROH possibly being on TNT or TBS. I'm sorry. That is not going to do good ratings. It, they need to bust out everything they've got and throw everything at the kitchen sink for that show to be successful. Because AEW does pretty well, but like ROH is a different story. Like even when it was FTR and the Briscoes on WrestleMania weekend, the best they could do was 2,000 people. If, if And then that same building for Adam Cole, Adam Page, for Rampage, Battle of the Belts, all that, 4,500 people. Just by saying, here's AEW, and you guys are going to see the big stars. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It really rubbed me the wrong way. There's been three times where this company is really like, eh. (laughs) And it was that Dark Order Young Bucks thing definitely wasn't the best. Although Tony loves to just shit all over that and talk about how he really had to look himself in the mirror and really like, you know... um, really decide that he needed to take extra steps in the company to make sure that that never happened again. Well, buddy, the worst thing I've ever seen in AEW is on your watch. Now you can own that. That that's my opinion, but it was that it was the damn bomb for the explosion match. And it was this like those, and you're talking three years, three incidents. That's not bad. Right. And what really pissed me off is that dynamite was damn good. Like, that tag match between Starks and Hobbs and Swerve and Keith Lee was great. And they killed it all the way. Like, every match was pretty much good. It was a great show. It had a great flow to it. We're going to finish it off with Joe and Suzuki, which was basically like a chop fest. And, like, yes, yes, please. And then to bring that guy out. I think that AEW dodged a real, real bullet by having more TV after that moment. Because I feel like if, like you say, it was just a typical rampage, and then they had that, like there's still like a negative sour taste in people's mouths from that event. But because you got Adam Cole and Hangman, and you got Sammy Guevara and um, Scorpio Sky, and you got a lot more stuff to watch, I think people were feeling a lot better about the situation after that. And like I said, you saw him the second time. He was used better. The whole lights went out thing, too. Because immediately when the lights are going out, I'm like, oh, Claudio, the Briscoe. You're expecting like, to see someone you recognize and no one knew who he huge. was. Yeah. 
and your mind's just going. You're in yeah. anticipation, and then you're like, oh, what is that? <laughs> and I remember them talking about signing this guy. And I just thought to myself, like, okay, that's fine. He'll suck in class and they'll cut him, whatever. And then, like, just to actually see him on TV was uh, – it was really disappointing. Like, I – I never thought that Tony Khan had that in him. I did not think that he would try to pull that on us. And the fact that he did, it was just like, man, that's that sucks. That really hey, sucks. What you do admit that the second the second showing was definitely better than the first showing. It like, was better. Was... I just I just want to know the end game. Like, is Joe well, facing him? Is is this guy Jay Lethal's bodyguard? Is that what we're doing? Like. What, where are we going? I, I, yeah, I have no idea. Like I said, they, and the, what, the other thing is they have other options, I think, too. Like, if this doesn't work out how they want it to, they can put him in some sort of tag team or they can have him just be like a bodyguard or something like that. Like, but also, I, what's like, I don't, it's hard to make this comparison, but like, when it comes to the Nightmare Factory, especially, we have had, a pretty great turnout, in my opinion, with Jade Cargill, who came from no experience whatsoever and has had all of her progress she's, on TV. She's one of them. She's one of them that I, Hook. I consider. Hook's the Hook. same way. People yeah. were joking about how big of a joke he was for Do you years. think that Hook's lost momentum, though? Like, I, he was on Dynamite so tomorrow, over. So. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, he was so over, and then now he's barely been used. And yes, he's coming back to Dynamite. I get that. But... I think that's the biggest issue I have with AEW is that a lot of stuff just can't breathe because it just kind of gets pushed away for weeks. It keeps the roster fresh. I understand why they do it, but there's definitely certain storylines where I'm invested in that I wish I could see more of that just doesn't go away. Yeah, I, I get that, but I think that's part of why they're bringing Hook to Dynamite because he's never wrestled on Dynamite before. So like this right. is kind of like, you know, probably to your point like if, it, if they're feeling like it's kind of like dipping in interest or whatever because it's only on rampage well now you bring it over to dynamite and try to you know spark life into it or whatever but dude what if this dude like like i'm just saying like what I, it's unlikely but what if this dude whips out like a 619 or something you know what i mean like like what if this guy is like actually way better because hook wound up being way whole, better than we thought that he's gonna be. pull the whole damn ring down Right. <laughs> but I'm just I'm just saying, like, I don't think that this guy's gonna I don't think Tony's gonna put this guy out there to get just like completely blindsided either. Like But what if Tony has no choice? Well the thing is well the th like I'm saying, I think he does have choices where I think right now it has to be him, but if he doesn't work, you have other options. Like you have other wrestlers you can turn to, I think, to fill whatever they need to fill when it comes to what they need to do right now. But and what are they trying to fill? Does this guy need to be a main eventer? Is that what they're trying to do? Is they're trying to bring somebody in that like these people from India can watch and be like, that's our guy, you know, like, or are I we just there's... trying to get some representation on TV for just whenever? I Well, I think this has mainly to do with the, like right now with this whole discovery thing, like the timing is like, this has happened right now. But, I mean, they also might want to be able to prove kind of that they can do what the WWE couldn't. I mean, they put they put the world title. I don't think they're going to put the world title on this guy, or, or especially anytime soon. Like, I don't think that it's going to be anything like that. But WWE did that with Jinder Mahal in, like, the same situation. Like, it was like there, there has to – 
when you go into these markets, you got to do stuff like this. Like I, 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 I don't have any problem with them trying to find Indian representation when you're going into an Indian market. Like they're going to want to have people that they, <clears throat> that they can relate to and they want to, they want to be fans of, they might not have any, they might not watch any wrestling at all, but they find out this guy that's, that's like them is you know what? on the show. Mustafa Ali, I need you. I need that release and I need him on that show because that guy can go. Yeah, he can go. I don't know what his, he's, I don't know what he's his actual stuck. background is. He's stuck. No, but I know he's stuck in the contract, but I don't know what his actual like ethnic background is. I don't know. If no, I think he, I think he is. Okay. Well, because his wife, regardless, his wife wears the whole thing and all that jazz. Like, I'm pretty sure. Um, well, either way, AW should get Mustafa Ali. Like he's like he's a guy that I think will get signed for sure if they if WWE. But I mean, I think he's up. perfect. I think he fits the AEW mold, and I also think that he fits that demographic that they're looking for. So I mean, I think he would be a perfect choice. Yeah, I know you see it over your hardcore said muzzle, and that's what I thought too. But that's that's like a religion, right? I don't know. But I I'm that... almost positive. But either either way, like. It's not like uh, uh, Satno Singh is the only option they have with this. Like I said, I keep saying Rahit Raju because like he should get signed somewhere anyways. Like I was shocked that he, he and him and Impact didn't figure something out to, for him to stay there because he did great there for years. So there's 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 other options out there. Like I said, the Bollywood Boys were I always thought they were underrated. Like the WWE made them out to be little uh, you know jokes, you know guys for gender to, for, to get beat up instead of gender and stuff like that. But they can actually wrestle. Um, yeah. So uh, so I mean yeah we'll we'll see. Um, what did you um, on to the good stuff? Um, what did you think of Adam Cole and Hangman? Oh, that was really good. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good match. I love the uh, the finish. Also, everyone got so mad about that because it was like Easter, Good Friday, and he did like the put the barbed wire crown. So on. hold on, let let's talk about that because mm-hmm. freaking AEW neckbeard Twitter geek guy tried to come at me, and uh, he's he's I don't know if you know who that is, but he said some terrible things about Jesse and all this stuff. But he just likes to go after AEW fans, and he was trying to make it out like I sounded ridiculous. So here's my thing. When Hangman does the dead eye, right? Whenever you're like doing a pay-per-view spot or whatever, you're adding something extra. So when you're going to the table on the outside doing the dead eye, adding something to Adam's head, barbed wire, and then giving him the dead eye is going to be brutal that was the whole point i don't think it had anything to do with jesus christ i really don't i think that people ran with it because they're easily offended and all that stuff but me personally like i don't i don't see adam cole agreeing to doing something like that i just knowing how conscious that guy is i just don't see him doing that and i just think that they were just trying to be creative on a big spot to finish the show yeah, I think the same thing. And but also to be to be kind of brutally honest, and this might not be I mean, certain people aren't gonna like me saying this, but just the truth, like even if it was a thing about like the idea of what you know the controversial aspect of that is, which would be to put the make it like it's you know, Jesus with the thing on like I'm sorry to say, but like a lot of a lot of people just don't care about that. 
Like there's right. no, there's like not everybody is like ultra Christian and will even care if that even was the reference. You know what I mean? Right. I don't, I don't think they're out to like offend people. You know what I mean? Like I don't think they're going to do that consciously and be like, we're going to offend a whole bunch of people that are Christian by doing this. But I also think that there's like, I'm not speaking for anyone in particular, but there's plenty of wrestlers out there that are like, I'm not religious. Like I don't care. Like I, this, I feel no consequence for doing this because I don't believe this. You know what right. I mean? So like, but it's, it's, it's just, the issue is though is that you're dealing with TNT, you're dealing with Turner Network, you're dealing with people that it's it's oh, sure. more beyond yeah. a wrestling show. It's not just an independent show where you can just do whatever you want. So that's that's where it's like, do you decide to go there if you don't have to? And with the backlash that AEW has had before with new ownership, you really think that Discover just coming in will be like, hey, let's do a Jesus spot on Good Friday? I don't think so. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it was like a predetermined conscious thing that was made to be a controversial thing i'm just saying even in hindsight like i think that, like like let me put it this way when i saw the backlash for it when i saw that i was just like y'all realize like a lot of people that watch wrestling like not everyone's christian either like like no. people, like there's a lot of people that just straight up wouldn't would never even put this together as something that could even be controversial like because when i saw it all i thought was exactly what you said at the beginning extra added insult to a move that's already brutal. How do you make it even more brutal? You put the barbed wire on the dude's head and, and spike him on his head. Like that's right. all I thought. And then it's like, it's just kind of a funny coincidence that happened on good Friday. But like, yeah. that's once again, did, I, I don't think that Tony Khan or Adam Cole or Adam page or anyone going into this went in there thinking that. And right. once again, even if they did like that's, I, mean, I personally you, think if they decided to do that, they would have made more of an emphasis of like dragging Adam while he's out cold. And it would like have been way cross. more like that. And that would have been, been way that would have been controversial. Like see, right. that's the thing. Like the 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 this this within the confines of a of a wrestling match made sense regardless of what your religious beliefs are. But but yeah, if you were to go that extra step like ECW did and like crucify the dude on a cross or something like that with barbed wire, then I could understand. Like this is blatantly. Like, yeah. I get that, but like to just do something in a match where like it made sense and like, you know, and there wasn't like a reference on commentary about that either. We know what I mean. Nope. It wasn't like Jr. was like, oh, he's, he's like Jesus, you know. It's like the, it was nothing like that. So, yeah. um, but yes, yeah, no, those that next where step. Yeah, people try to be easily offended about everything. That's really the way that I took it, and it's not whether you're christian or not it, it, it's like if if you know AEW decided to make fun of masks people would be ex extremely offended by that only certain ones would though like it's it's the same True. thing as the way that people view their religion or their belief system or whatever so it's just one of those things where it's like you decide which you're going to be offended by it's an entertainment show um there's going to be hits and misses i was offended by seeing I was absolutely offended by seeing as a pro wrestling fan. That should not have happened, but it did. <laughs> so I just still decided to tune in and, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, but yeah, overall I thought it was good. And then Sammy winning the TNT title. I didn't expect that. Um, I've watched the road to on that though. And it was really like, Sammy's like, this title's everything to me. I am the TNT title. I could get a title shot if I wanted to. I'm the number one contender, but I chose to get my TNT title back. Like I was kind of like, man, he's going to look like a real ass if he doesn't win this thing. <laughs> so then I started to think like he might actually have a shot. Um, I definitely think he's turning heel because he hit him with the low blow. 
Yeah. And, and he's making out with Ty. Tay, so oh, like, yeah. You, you like, don't do that as a baby face. Yeah. Right. I agree. And now they're just like rubbing it in. They're being over the top with it. This It's the rated R superstar with Lita type thing now. Um, but I'm all for it. I think Sammy's the man. I know Sammy has a lot of haters right now. And it's funny, too, because I still have a thing on Google where it shows you the likes and dislikes on YouTube. And, like, Sammy winning the title on AEW had 11,000 likes and 11,000 dislikes. Like, exactly 50-50. And Singh had 18,000 dislikes and, like, uh, 15,000 likes. So, it was worse. So, anyways, um, I I was – I'm all for Sammy winning. I I think that the title reign ended too soon. Not sure what you do with um, Scorpio Sky. I thought Ethan Page's promo was amazing. I don't know if people caught that, but it was fantastic. He's bleeding all over the place. Yes, like he, the anger came out of Ethan Page. There's no more joking around. And I thought it was really good. If you guys haven't seen it, it was like uncut on Twitter. It was really good. Um, just goes to show you, there's so many guys they have that are so talented that just haven't had their shot yet. They, and and I don't know if they will because the roster's so big, but. Yeah, he's a guy that I think would be interesting in Ring of Honor because he could be a he always gave me Kevin Steen vibes. Like, you know, he and now that he's taken his body seriously and gotten in great shape, like him as a heel, an aggressive, angry heel, I think he's he's that's that's his sweet spot. But he's such a nice guy and he doesn't play that guy that much, but man. Like when I saw him like just brutalize Darby and evolve and all that, like I really think that's more so what he he is. And I and I think that that's something they should look into. Yeah, that, I'll never forget that shovel thing where like he hit Darby with that shovel in the arm and it like legit just like gashed his arm open. It was so gross. Um yeah, the whole thing with the Sammy and uh and Scorpio Sky and everything, like I the thing with Scorpio Sky winning the TNT title to begin with, it was weird how they built it, where he didn't have like any singles matches on Dynamite for like an entire year, but he was undefeated and nobody really knew. And he did some tag matches, and all of his wins were pretty much on AEW Dark, and it just kind of. But it was like a three-year build, pretty much, for him to win the TNT title. Because when you look back, I remember him pinning Jericho, and Jericho was the champion in a tag team match, like really early on in AEW. I remember him and Cody like wrestling for the TNT title and it being really competitive and stuff. Like there was clearly always plans for Scorpio Sky to win the TNT title from the beginning of AEW, but like they do it and then they take it away just like a couple weeks later and they didn't really accomplish really anything outside of maybe turning Sammy heel in the process, which they could have done without Scorpio ever winning the title. Really, I mean they could have done that right. in a whole bunch of different ways. But right. the, pro- the the biggest problem, I think, for Scorpio Sky, you've kind of just touched on it, is I think Ethan Page completely outshines him in, like, every way possible. Yeah. Like, you know, and when, when the more entertaining of the two, in my opinion, is the one who's kind of in the background hyping up a guy who I don't think is as good, and he's the one with the singles championship, but you're a tag team. It's just kind of... It's weird because I figure now they'll probably just go back to being a tag team, but they might get lost in that mix because that tag division is so stacked. And I want to see more out of Ethan Page. Um, and this also, by the way, it's not that I dislike Scorpio Sky. It's just that I I don't think he... On on that roster, like, he's... 
I I hate to say this because it sounds brutal, but on that roster, he's pretty mid. Like I'm just gonna be honest. Like mid. Yeah, like not like mid and like but, but the, think about not like, not like the super hateful MJF way, but just kind of like if I was ranking all the AW wrestlers, he'd probably be like right around the middle, you know. But think about like where they were when they were first going into double or nothing in 2019 AEW had just been created like SCU is heavily involved in BTE SCU is really over Scorpio was a was one of the guys on the roster that was one of the better ring workers that they had like that's kind of where they were right to where they are now I mean it's night and day it's night and day so I I agree with you He's not bad. And I, and I do think he could be in some type of storyline to where, you know, like let's say he had like a serious feud with like Dante Martin or something that led to a pay-per-view match. Like I think that that could work. But I don't think you'll ever see Scorpio Scorpio Sky as champion or any anything like that. And uh, But, but is, it, is it almost like, better for him not to win the title than to win the title and lose it in like two weeks. Yeah. Two, that, three that's, weeks. that's kind of, I, I don't know. Like I personally, I would have rather just Sammy have just kept it. Um, right. Like just like beat Scorpio and Scorpio went for it. And like, cause they pretty much be in the same spot now either way. So and I do like the story that like, remember Sammy had like injured ribs. Sammy was really beat up and he was persistent. And he was like, I st- I'm going to still take on this match. I'm still in like Tay's like telling him, no, no, get out of there. And then like when he gets his rematch and he's a hundred percent, he wins, even though he had to cheat. Don't get me wrong. But like the story of it was, is that he was so injured. That's why Scorpio sky won, not because Scorpio sky was just the better man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the same thing that happened with Cody with the TNT title too. When Brody Lee beat him after Cody, like had to keep wrestling guys like Warhorse and Kingston and all these people like that were, he had, he couldn't prepare for, and he's just getting beat up week after week after week. And then Brody Lee caught him on the right night and just destroyed him. You know, like there's, I, I, I like that aspect of it too, where like, then that also helps the champion when he loses to stay, keep like all of his credibility also, because that's the reason it's like, you're, you're putting someone else over because they are winning the title legitimately and they deserve to win that title from that person. But at the same time, you have the out a little bit too, for the, the loser of the title, because it's like, well, someone's going to eventually beat them. Like they're getting beat up week after week, after week, after week, someone's going to get their number. I mean, it's just going to, it's going to inevitably happen everybody yeah. happens in mma as well i mean to pretty much every fighter we've ever seen they can be the best fighter in the world someone eventually catches them i mean and so i i like that sport sport like aspect of aew it doesn't feel like some of these uh champions like sammy for instance in this in this scenario it isn't like you're hitting the reset button or like they have like a full health meter every single time they start a match like sammy guevara might be coming in 50 percent injured and the other his opponents 100 percent healthy and yep you know so, you know, then that's realistic. That's what happens in sports. That's what hap- happens in fighting. That's what happens in, in, in all this stuff. Oh, you yeah. know, in, in the NFL, when this happens, you know, teams complain about this and that happening. All the teams deal with injuries all, all season. Yep. They deal with COVID. They deal with all this stuff. And, and, and mixed martial arts, no fighter goes in, you know, without injuries. Some injuries are going to be way worse than others, though, you know, and stuff. So, you know, just it's, it makes it, it gives them way more of a realistic feel. 
but then the next question is like, who does Sammy eventually lose the title to? Like, do we get like a like do does he finally get like a long run with the title now, or are they going to keep hot potatoing it? Because I don't like the idea of this title getting devalued either, just going from person to person to person. Like, I yeah. want to see some some real title runs. But it's almost like the AEW championship is the one that gets the like real title run, and the TNT title is the one that gets hot potatoed. Like that's yeah. kind of the way that they've been booking it. True. And like at some point, Miro's got to come back, right? And then you would think Miro won his title back, and I don't see Sammy beating or returning Miro. And then like I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what they plan on doing. Also, like um, the House of Black, like what, what is, what are they doing? Like there needs to be something to where there's a substantial feud there because that's just a waste. You know what I mean? Like there's just a lot of guys that just aren't really being used. And, you know, ROH, you really could bolster that roster and and really help that out. It's funny too, right? Because everyone's kind of like, man, he has enough to run two companies. And kind of does now. And he kind of can. So um, it'll be interesting to see like, what he decides to do with ring of honor and AEW, And I feel like a lot of like, it, when, like when we actually get a ring of honor show and we're watching it and the AEW guy shows up, we're going to be like, yep, that makes sense. Like that would make sense. Yep. I, I knew this would be the perfect spot for him or whatever, you know, kind of like the Brian cage thing. Yeah. So it, it's uh interesting how they'll, how they'll go about things. Um, Let's answer this super chat. Thanks, Brandon. I appreciate it, man. How are you feeling about your Bears going into the draft? Um, do you guys boo, feel James? Oh, wow. No, just kidding. I'm thank you for checking out the show, but school Vikings. But yeah, we exactly. won't answer your question. No, I understand. I, I deal with Eagles fans. It's fine. Um, do you guys feel Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker will be the final in the Owen Hart tournament? Um, That's a pretty I'm good not prediction, sure. though. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm not sure where um, some of the other women are, if who, if they're even going to be in it, who's all there. But, I mean, I'm I'm all for that, and I love that idea, too, because then it's like Britt and her have kind of had tension, but they've never had a reason to have to fight. And then it's like they're going to be forced to fight, and Britt's going to just be like, you know, just lay down. It's fine. I'll win, I'll win the tournament. She's like, no, I'm not laying down. And then, you know, boom, there you go there. It's a way for them to kind of like break up and make sense. So I, I like it. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I just realized in the uh in the thing on the bottom, I have who has the wrong title? Is it Bianca? Does Bianca have the red one right now? Is she the raw? Yeah, because she's on raw. Okay. Yeah. I just I just realized I did that as we were talking about these uh the women's tournament i was looking at the women i've got down down there i just changed uh the jade one and put sammy back in there i gotta update the bianca one just just thought of that um tony tony, tony so could possibly good... beat jamie hater too so it could be tony and brit yeah i think these are all good options um i think uh bear was a bears bound who sent the super chat yeah um yeah. i think he uh that's i you know i that would be I like that idea a lot. I think there's a lot of good options um, because they also have, you know, women like Statland or Layla Hirsch and stuff like that, that like could benefit from, you know, having a good run during the, during the, the tournament and stuff. But didn't Layla get hurt? Oh yeah. Good call. She did. That's right. She, yeah. I forgot about that. That was like really recent too. Just like the last week or so. Um, it's like I, Statlander, Red Velvet. Um, some of them could possibly be in there. I don't, I don't know. 
Yeah. I don't know what they plan but, on doing. But but eventually they are going to do Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. Like, that's inevitable. Um, but this would be kind of a cool way of getting there. I, I, I do like the idea that Bearsbound had in the Super Chat. Yeah. How, how big of a match do you think Britt and Jade could be? If uh, they give it enough time, like before yeah. they do it and it's built right, that that could be huge, especially if Jade stays undefeated from right then till now. Then that or could then be now where like Britt turns face and really like embraces the crowd. Be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see if they do a full on kind of Goldberg type thing with Jade in the way of like, Goldberg was the U.S. champion and like never lost that up until becoming the WCW champion. Like, will she hold that that TBS title? And like, by the time she fights for the world title, like she's still the TBS champion. Like, still nobody's beat her, which I think yeah. would be really cool if you did something like that, where it's almost like option C from uh from Impact, where it's like you're going into this ti- this this match with the TBS title. Like, if you want a world title shot you got to hand in the TBS title and like you get, you get a championship opportunity kind of thing. Worst yeah. title versus title, but there's no need to like unify those two belts. So yeah, for sure. Um, I guess we can go and talk about Tony Khan's announcement that another huge announcement on the way. Um, it seems like it's really heavily reported that it's going to be AEW new Japan super show. What you're saying is going to be in June in Chicago is what people are hinting at. So, I mean, I think it's what everybody's wanted if if this is the case. And I think my my biggest concern with it, though, is I don't want a bunch of political BS. Like, I don't want a bunch of having to try to come up with these ridiculous finishes because nobody's going to be able to job and I don't want a thousand tag team matches that New Japan likes to pull off. Like if you're going to do this and it's going to be a big deal, I want some dream matches. I want this thing to be a big show. So um, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that is what the announcement's going to be. I see ECW Hardcore saying a streaming deal. That's heavily rumored too. There's a lot of people, especially with like HBO Max, that's been like a really has been heavily rumored as well. I think we're going to be getting both of these things, by the way. I think at some point or another in the near future, we will have some sort of AEW slash Ring of Honor streaming deal, and we will also have some sort of big AEW versus New Japan show. I think all these things are happening. Just a matter of kind of what order it happens I think in. with the streaming deal, it's really, it's just such a weird time with Discovery coming in. I think if that didn't happen, then this thing probably would have already been done a long time ago, to be honest with you. I think it's now just, where do things fit? And does AEW get paid for this? Like, are they just being able to use HBO Max for a platform, but they're not going to make any money off the deal? And, you know, and I heard Punk say... Like, I'm so thankful, you know, because I don't get paid for my WWE footage, but I know that Tony will do right by us. And I can feel Tony just like sweating. Like, oh, yeah. Because like, how do you how do you even determine? Like every time someone watches the match, someone gets a penny that could get really expensive. So I don't I don't know how that would like nobody has really even set that standard, not Hollywood, not anybody. So it's going to be very difficult to please everyone, to make sure like 
you know, like let's say a Colt Cabana's there. Like, yeah, he's under contract. As long as he's under AEW contract, I have to pay him every time somebody watches a Colt Cabana match. That might get you released, honestly. Like, just saying, like, you just don't know what people can afford and how they would handle that situation. So I think that's going to be difficult. Um, and then, it, but, but, but if HBO Max is like, look, we'll give you $50 million to do this, then you have money to distribute or, or whatever. So, so I, I, I'm not sure how, how that would work. Um, and I think it would be kind of like groundbreaking to determine that. And it would be interesting because if Tony Khan could pull it off, best believe every WWE wrestlers and be like, I want to cut of that network deal. So it, it would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, assuming it is like a new Japan, AEW announcement, like what matches would you want to see on an AEW uh, new Japan super show? Oh man. I I'm very torn. Cause I mean, my biggest one is who will Ospreay is going to face because I think he's the best in the world. Um, and I I'm, I really want the Brian Danielson match, but I think the money matches him and CM Punk, if that's what they would do. And that was also rumored to have happened, talked about possibly at Wrestle Kingdom and all that other stuff. So I think that would be really cool. Um, I mean, number one, if Kenny Omega's healthy, there's no match that I want more than Osprey and Omega. I just think that that is like the... The two greatest gaijins of, of all time from New Japan to face each other in their primes, like, I, I couldn't ask for a better match. And I think Dave Meltzer literally would, like, make a mess of himself if they did that <laughs> match. So, um, but that would be the number one. But I would go with, I would go with probably, like, God... It'd probably have to be like champ versus champ, I would think. So it'd probably be like CM Punk versus Okada, I think would be a big one. And then give me Brian Danielson and Osprey. I think that would be probably the one that makes the most sense. If Miro's back, I would love Miro and Ishii. It's always yeah. a match that I think would be thought really, really cool. Yeah. Well, also off the New Japan Windy City Riot show, it's kind of interesting because next month at their Capital Collision show, they're kind of yes. doing a yes. AW versus New Japan theme because we've got Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus Tana uh, versus Hiroshi versus, geez, why am I not saying his name? Tanahashi. I've blanked. Yeah. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Which was supposed to be the all out match. Yeah. From last year, yeah, and so, but Mox I mean, is saying that he's been ducking him ever since. Right, then, right, right. Which is, but I'm cool, just saying, yeah. like, this was gonna be the big like all out match, and you're gonna get this at the New Japan show next month. You're getting um, Eddie Kingston versus Ishii, uh, Ishii and you're getting um, Suzuki versus uh, Brody King. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. So it's it's three big New Japan versus AEW matches. So that's very cool, um, which makes me feel like if you're getting those type of matches on just the New Japan show, this super show needs to be stacked. Yeah. I mean, I know like Jay White will have some sort of big match. They might do Jay White and Kenny on something like that, too, because like that's that could still be. like needs that, to that happen. Could be. Yeah. And that'll be great. Love it. 
I, I don't love it, but I mean, I'm not going to complain if I get all the other matches and then Kenny and, and Jay White. Because they haven't wrestled thing, since like the U.S. title match probably like forever ago. Yeah, it was it was just like really like when Jay was starting to come in his own, Kenny was bouncing. Right. Oh yeah, so, because Jay White was basically like the guy's in replacement for Kenny. He's similar yeah, to how Kenny like was this, for AJ Styles and he AJ had the was big like uh, promo, the switchblade, and all this stuff, and then and then boom, it was like him and Kenny. And I'm pretty sure he lost to Kenny, or he beat Kenny. He beat Kenny for the then, US title, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, something like that. And then uh, that was kind of like when he was feuding with Cody, I believe, off the top of my head. But I remember what I was going to really say. Good match with Hangman back then, too. Like, Hangman and Jay White had a really good one, and I remember. But that was like, when I really started noticing Hangman was, like, going to be, like, top tier eventually. Yep, yep. No, that that was uh, in the, in the states. Yeah, that was in the states, and they had the press yeah. conference and everything. Yeah, it was good. Um, Okada and Joe, man, I don't know. There's so many. It's it's gonna be tough. I wouldn't be surprised if they did do like. Um, I don't want this to happen. I wouldn't mind if it was like House of Black, House of Black versus like Chaos or Bullet Club or whatever like that. I think that would be dope. But I really don't want um, the the whatever those things. The, the, what is the the new Fight Club called? With the Wheeler. Oh, Yuda. Black Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, Blackpool Combat Club. I really don't want them like all three in one match against them, unless they're gonna like do multiple days or something. But like, I you want, want singles these, matches. For I want singles yeah. matches. Yeah. Oh, oh, Brian Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. That's a huge one. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. And maybe you do the triple threat too, where you throw in three guys or something. Like there's there's just so much they could do. And the thing is, is like, man, AEW, like half of those guys are not going to be able to participate in that card. So that's why I think that they should really bring like the best of the best. But it's going to be very difficult of who wins, who loses, all that stuff. I mean, even if you look at the show on on Saturday. I thought Moxley and Osprey was awesome. And I don't know it, what you think of Will Ospreay. I mean, I think he's the best. But I give him so much credit from being like that high flyer spot monkey type guy to being almost like a strong style mixed with high flying. Like he's stiff. He's brutal. He can take punishment. He dishes punishment out. I think that his, um, his arsenal is, is improved. I think that he's... I think he's just gotten so much better. I think with the weight too, like now he looks just like so much more legit. I like that he's the leader of the United Empire. I like that he has a group. I don't love the United Empire just based on talent, but I love the fact that he has like his own faction. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think that Aussie Open tag team is pretty impressive. Um, that yeah. did that that cool uh, that fidget spinner finisher. I can't remember where they renamed it to, but like, um, I think uh, you know I'm, I like Osprey a lot. I think he's super talented. Um, he's not my favorite wrestler in the world, but I mean, I I understand why he would be your favorite wrestler. Like, I I totally I totally get it. Um, like if it was up to me between like him and Kenny or something, like I I would go with Kenny. But it's like it's like it's like splitting hairs it's like it yeah. just depends on what you like better i mean both guys are similar in a lot of ways like crazy good move sets both kind of a little over the top yeah. um you know 
the I will say this 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 kind of in that match with in the match with Mox, the one thing that bothered me, and this was the most nitpicky thing ever, but like when he hit that that first one of those, like when he was facing, yeah, he didn't hit him very hard. He didn't hit him at all, and I was like, yeah. what was that? Like that's supposed to be like your knockout blow, and like it didn't. Um, for, it, kind of similar to that. I you know I've talked about this with other wrestlers before. I think the Oz cutter is a cool move, but like he does so much other cooler stuff. Like yeah. that's the kind of stuff that bugs me about guys like that is like, you know, the Stormbreaker is impressive, but you can't do it to everybody. Cause like, it's, you got to put them up on your shoulder and like spin them around while you're spinning around and stuff. Uh, you right. can do this thing to everybody, but you got to make it look brutal. Um, um, but I think Osprey is super, super talented. I thought the match with Moxley was great. I didn't like the finish. I get the story that like he's getting screwed over. You know, I get that. The main but... reason I hate the finish too is because the fans left confused. Like they were, yeah. they were on the edge of their seat. They were ready to pop, and then like when it was over, it was just kind of like, oh, it's over. Like, yeah. Okay. And, I guess. And my biggest issue with it was that he tapped out afterwards, anyways. So like, yeah. what was the point of the, of kicking out of the pin and then tapping out anyways? Like, it just makes it look like Mox would have won either way. I so, agree. and I feel um, like a lot of it is just has to do with the fact that like New Japan doesn't want to lose clean, and that's what I'm worried about when you're going to do a super show. Like, you got to come to the table and just admit like somebody's losing tonight, and just it is what it is. Like, people, we have seen it time and time again in AEW that you can protect people and lose and it, it it works so if 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 uh osprey would have lost to the submission after kicking out of his finisher twice that's okay it's okay but then they had to do this whole thing but i think it's a storyline because they did the same thing with him and zach saber jr prior where they've said that osprey basically tapped and i didn't think and, and he didn't because he's trying to like get out of the hold and they said that he tapped and then he's facing Tanahashi at the end of the month. And I feel like that they're going to be like another screwy finish. And then I think he, the whole point of him is to snap. One thing, though, that I found interesting is, is Osprey keeps asking for a rematch, right? So that kind of makes me feel like that this could happen at the Super Show, which I really don't want to happen, but I think it could. But Osprey kind of said in, at the end of the press conference, like, I'll go through all of your friends to get to you. So does that mean he's going after Wheeler Yuta? Does that mean he's going after Brian Danielson? Because if that's the case, like, yes, please. I'm all for that. So um it, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting. Well, and also uh on that show, Shooter came back, which is kind of cool because like Moxley and you know, with their history with the G1 and everything. Yeah. So like I think that uh, because that was cool when like they showed him on the screen, he was like walking towards the camera, and it's like everyone's realizing, oh, he's he's getting shooter. Like this is shooter's finally coming back, and I think he might be able to earn his way into the Combat Club also. Like because I think one cool thing they can do with the Blackpool Combat Club is they're kind of they could kind of centrally be like yeah. together on AEW, but like. Wheeler Yuta can go do his thing in Ring of Honor being the pure champ. Shooter can do his thing in New Japan. Mossy can do his thing in the States. Danielson can do his thing in the States. Like they can they can be a group together when they're together on AEW, but they can like really like so I think it'd be kind of cool if they got like 
shooter involved in AEW to some degree, kind of having to do the same kind of um, like tryouts kind of stuff that uh, that Wheeler had to go through. And like over time, he earns his way into the group. And then he's kind of like one of like the New Japan representatives of their group or something like that. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing is like all it really takes now is a T-shirt. Like all, yeah. all it would take is just to him come out with a T-shirt in New Japan and you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's part of the group. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it is interesting because like once you've once you've got a group established, I mean, you can do the same thing with United Empire. You know, someone wears a shirt in AEW and it's like, oh, they're part of United Empire. So I, I could I could definitely see that happening. I do what give a, them credit for the United Empire just because it's original. It's their own thing. And I've seen the growth of it from where it started to where it is now. And it's not bad. It's not awful. So um, it and I feel like New Japan is really starting to get some buzz again. And and to me, like, that's the best place that you want AEW at because they're kind of all affiliated together. And if Impact is about to get good and new japan is good and AEW is good and the whole professional land professional wrestling landscape is going to be good and that's something that the wwe can't touch because they basically has said like i'm in my own we're in our own thing this is that's this pro wrestling stuff is not us so if the pro wrestling all together just gets better and better and like, I mean, imagine like every week you have something to look forward to. Every week there's something big that's coming up. You know what I mean? I, I think that's huge. Um, and and honest, Impact has a pay per view this weekend that's really good. Yeah, that's yeah. Really I'll be uh, I'll be doing the the review right afterwards uh, for Fightful. So if anyone wants to hear my thoughts on Rebellion uh, this Saturday night, it'll be right after Rebellion ends. YouTube.com/slash Fightful. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's a good show. Um, Tomohiro Ishii is wrestling Jonah, which I'm very much looking forward to. I think that's going to be a banger. Um, speaking of Ishii, him and Suzuki, like outside of Moxley and Osprey, I think Suzuki and Ishii was the best match on. For sure. You know, I mean, that's just good stuff. And now they're three and three against each other, like career. Um, so I think yeah, that could be another. They're going to run it back. Yeah, best of seven. So, um, but yeah, the, yeah, Rebellion's got that. Rebellion's got uh, Josh Alexander should probably beat Moose for the world title. Uh, on the yeah. pre-show, and this is a travesty, it's on the pre-show, but it might be because they want people to to buy the pay-per-view who are on the fence. But they're doing Trey Miguel versus Ace Austin versus Speedball that's on Bailey. The pre-show? On the pre-show. That's, what I, and that's, I was, that's I, I terrible. Couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that's... that either. Maybe what I saw was wrong, but what I saw had it on the pre-show. So I was like, that would, that would be one of the main reasons I ordered the pay-per-view. No, I completely agree. I think that's the best match on the whole show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like every single one of those guys are great and probably should be in like title contention. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's, that's terrible if they're doing that. Also, the Briscoes are going to be at their next TV tapings like the following day. Yep. So it wouldn't shock me if they showed up at the pay-per-view in some point during there. And it kind of sounds like it, the Briscoes are going to be an impact a lot more often. So you'll get the, and it does look like they're still going to work GCW. So it's probably like the home for the Briscoes. is going to be impact and GCW. So, um, you know, if you're getting the Briscoes, you're getting Speedball Mike Bailey, you're getting Ace Austin, you're getting Rick Swan, you're getting Trey Miguel, you're getting Moose, you're getting Josh Alexander. Like, 
Taya versus Taya versus Diana Perrazzo. Like that's that's pretty solid stuff. So Impact's getting better. I mean, New Japan. Like if 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 they're they're saying they're starting to work on getting um, American wrestlers visas to get back into Japan. So we're gonna start ramping that up. If we're gonna get the G one and maybe some AEW guys competing that, like man. We're in for some really good stuff. So I I don't know, like, yes, the Windy City Riot stream was awful. Probably the worst experience I've had ever on fight. Yep. And it's very yep. much like, uh, it reminded me a lot of like Go Fight Live when you ordered those ones on ROH on the internet. Like, just awful. Um and yeah, I had less room. problems with those, and I used to have right. to take I used to, have to take my computer into my living room with like the big tower and take the blue uh, what remember like the the VGA cord? Yeah, like VGA. I'd have to take the blue yeah. VGA into my computer and like the from the computer to my TV, and like I had to go through so many things to get Ring of Honor onto my television, and that worked better than this yeah. past Saturday's New Japan show on fight. Yeah, that was a that's a that was a train wreck. And I, I, I uh, told Rocky Romero, like, I want to support you. I don't want my money back, but like, it can't be that bad the next time. And he apologized and said, like, we're working on it. You know, it definitely won't be this. In my opinion, what I think happened is like fight TV assured them everything was going to be okay. They trusted them and it didn't work out for whatever reason. So I feel like now they're going to, bring backups make sure that their stuff works like it's going to be a lot better because honestly that next pay-per-view in may is going to be really good so i definitely am interested in that show as well so hopefully they get this thing fixed and uh it'll be interesting because i think osprey's on that card again i would not be surprised if they do osprey versus wheeler yuda for that for that show as well i could see that for sure I mean, that would especially make just like to get to moxley and all that like that, that would be sick if you if you get osprey versus wheeler yuda eddie kingston versus ishii brody king versus suzuki and moxley versus tanahashi like that is an AEW versus new japan card in itself like that's that's pretty big yeah, and Yuta is totally, it's very likely because he was on the pre-show of like Windy City and stuff. So like there's, he's working with them already. And uh, I don't know if I told you this or not, but did I tell you, well, just because we were talking about Trey Miguel and I always roast on the Meteora being his finisher. Yeah. Did I, did I tell you about that video that he sent me? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, you told me. Yeah, 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 like, but so I, did I tell you about how the, the move was handed down to him from Shima and that's why he uses it? He didn't like, tell me why. He said he explained to you. He, he explained didn't tell me the it. explanation. He, he explained like physically why the move would hurt, and I didn't really. I was just kind of like, all right, fair enough. But like, I still think it's like not your best. Move. If you have to explain to you why it would hurt, and then you're already losing the audience because most people aren't even that invested to believe it. You know what I mean? So if you, you're already sold that it doesn't hurt, like even to me, like Osprey with the Stormbreaker he does spin them with such momentum that it does look like it has heavy impact. So I, I, me personally, it doesn't bother me and it fits his high flying style, but he has a lot of different moves. And lately, I don't know if you've noticed the one where guys just like fall face forward and he just starts forearming their like back that. of yeah. their neck. Like he's yeah. gotten very vicious. And that's the thing too, is like, I'm going to be honest. I think there's something a little psychotic about Osprey. 
because he was i'm serious because he was in backyard wrestling before this he likes that stuff he likes taking it to the edge and like with moxley it's like he welcomed it like bring it let's fight i'm ready and i love that too because so much of heels are like cowards, right? What I loved as soon as he got in the ring, he told United Empire to form a path because Moxley's coming that way, and then let's go, let's fight. So you you should watch the Michael Oku uh, match from RPW. It is fantastic. And what's so great about it is like Michael Oku is kicked out of his finisher. He's kicked out of the elbow and all this stuff. He's bloody, he's beaten, he's basically dead. And they throw in the towel. Like his family's at ringside, they throw in the towel. And he just looks right at the family, flips them off, and then gives them the elbow still to finish him off. And then when he's celebrating, Michael Oku's like girlfriend goes in the ring or his mom or somebody, I don't remember who it was, but she just starts smacking Osprey in the face and he just takes it, like doesn't care at all. Like, that's uh, awesome. I loved it. And, and that's what I said, like him as a heel. I think he's embraced more of his psychotic because I think deep down he is because you always hear about how depressed he gets and mental health and all this stuff. And I think there's something deep down in there that really is a guy that welcomes the dark side. So it's pretty dope when he lets it out. Yeah. Yeah. And and just back to the Meteor thing, just really quickly. If they would just explain like ever on commentary or who he would like that, like, because Shima, I don't know if Shima invented the move, but he might have. I know he definitely popularized it. Like mm-hmm. that, that in itself, may, like that answers my question. Like, because even if I don't like the move, I could respect like, oh, this like really respected wrestler who created the move, popularized the move, whatever. He handed it down. To, he basically what Trey said was he used it in a match like against him or in like a tag team match or something that he was involved in one time. Yeah. And Shima came to him after the match was like, you hit that move really well. You can have that move. Like you can use that now, like as much as you want. And he took that as like a big, it was like an honorable thing for him. So it's like, oh, okay. Like even if I don't like the move, I get that. Like that's all I needed to know. But like, I've been roasting this dude for years over this because commentaries never mentioned this that I've heard. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? They've never made this into anything. So like, I don't know. Cause he said that he gets roasted often for this move. I not even know that. I thought it was just me. He says, I look at YouTube comments for matches I'm in and people are like, Oh, another lame meteora. And I'm like, well, why, why don't anyone explain why you do it then? Like, because, because right. that's how it looks. So yeah. Um, yep. No, I feel you. Cause he was like explaining to me how like, two knees to the chest with the impact of you hitting the ground and all stuff. And I was like, I get that, but it looks like you're just hitting your knees against the ground and basically just doing a, just a kind of a light, a light nuts to the face on the way down. Like there's not really a whole lot of, a whole lot of impact really going on. Um, even like when Andrade does that thing where he runs in the corner and does the nuts to the face, yeah. at least, at least he's going like super fast and hard, like into the turnbuckles, you know, like, right. so even I, I still think it looks kind of lame, but I'm, cause it basically looks like he just goes straight nuts to the face. That's all I, that's all I could think of. I'm going to be honest. When somebody right. does a move like that, it's just a nuts to the face. And my thing is like, if you're going to go nuts to the face, you better come at it hard. Because otherwise, it looks like you're just putting your nuts in someone's face. And it, it looks like it's hurting you more than it's hurting them. I like how um, you said come at it hard. So. Come at it hard with that nuts in the yeah. face. Yeah, there yes. you go. Perfect. Yes. Um, 
Shout out Trey Miguel, though. I am a fan. Like, and I know that he's lost a lot of people close to him lately and some of yeah. them from breast cancer and stuff. I can relate. I like that he wears the pink uh, and stuff when he when he wrestles breast cancer awareness. Like, I very much respect Trey. And I, I really respect the fact that he sent me a video explaining the move. Like, I I appreciated him explaining the, the Shima thing. Like, that's that's what's up. Like, I, I'm, I'm a fan of his. And now I have an answer, finally. So I'm happy about that. So. Yeah. Um... So real quick, Abushi will probably be back by then. Who is a guy that you would want to see in AEW face Abushi? That isn't the obvious Omega answer. That, well, and the great thing too, like if I was to, if they were to do that, what I would want is like Tony Khan insists that Omega faces Abushi. Like it's not what Kenny wants. He's forced to do it, and That'd then like the emotions that he would have to go through. And like the mental preparation that he would have to go through to like have to face him, you know, you need to get the bucks involved and be like, I remember what it's like, man, we're, you know, like, it'll be interesting where they go because, and then this is another thing too. question is like, what do you do with Adam Cole now? Well, that's people in the chat are saying Abushi and Cole, that'd be a good match. Or Ab- yeah. Abushi and Hangman, I think would be really good too, especially if the title was off of Hangman by then. Like if Hangman lost it to Which Punk. It's very possible. I think Abushi and Hangman would make a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, I just I, I'm very curious what they what they could do. And then like to me, this just doesn't end. Like I think Kenny Omega will be at Wrestle Kingdom. I think a lot of guys will be at Wrestle Kingdom. Like if if New Japan and AEW can work things out. And, and possibly, like, just to get to the point to where New Japan can draw on its own, like, it could start to sell three, 4,000-seat arenas out and things like that, then it's just beneficial for everyone. Because I love the idea of them running somewhat big shows in the States. Like, I think it's a smart idea, especially with the way that things are in Japan right now. Yeah. Well, and also, we haven't even talked about tag team stuff. Like, we could get, like, FTR versus G.O.D. and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, there's, like... There's all these tag team options also uh, uh, with uh, Jurassic Express being involved and Red Dragon. And I mean, there's there's a lot of good options. That's another thing about Red Dragon. Shelly and Kushida, Time Splitters. That would be dope. You can definitely do that. Um, Now that Kushida is, that's another thing that was announced yesterday. Kushida is a free agent and it's pretty much all signs are saying he's heading to New Japan by June is what it looks like. So um that was basically stuff a going on. Three, three year waste of time going over huge, to WWE. Huge. Hey, but we got an action figure. And that's all I asked for. An elite action figure as well. We didn't just get a basic, we got an elite that can go in the New Japan section. So it, 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 even though it was a failure, we got an action figure out of it. Yeah. I didn't even mention the Young Bucks. Yeah, of course, the Young Bucks. I, I think that, uh, I'm interested. I'm interested too in this whole Red Dragon and AEW thing because they seem to be kind of the odd team out. Like they're losing to the top teams, mm-hmm. but I think that they're going to be like heavily utilized in Ring of Honor. Is my how guess. do you feel about Kyle and Jungle Boy? Because I think it's a sleeper. I love that matchup. Um, that's the hardest one because I, I looked at uh, the the card for tomorrow and it was like Andrade and Darby, which you yep, know, I'm coffin pretty, match. But it's like pretty clear Darby will probably win, and like there's uh. Is uh, uh, I said Britsburg, Brit, Brit Baker in Pittsburgh against some girl yeah. I don't know. Like it'll be yeah. a squash. Most of the yeah. matches are pretty uh, like Wardlow and the Butcher and stuff. Yeah. But when it comes to like hard to call, like I'm really like I'm going back and forth on Jungle Boy and, and Kyle O'Reilly because it's to get into the Owen tournament. Yep. Yeah. I think 
this is just me and I'm a big Kyle fan, but like, yeah, if they, if, if something happens to where like red dragon or, uh, uh, um, Adam Cole and, or Bobby fish, like kind of, it kind of, I don't want to see interferences and stuff, but I think if Kyle O'Reilly wins, it'll be because of like the numbers game or to, to some, to some degree, like somehow he'll get screwed over his jungle boy has been so protected. Um, it's really all throughout his AEW run, but either here's the thing, either guy I think will do great in that tournament. So like it's a win-win, uh, regardless of who wins. But I think that, like I personally would like to see Kyle O'Reilly because those guys, those guys yep. do seem like they're getting kind of lost in the mix. But also, I mean, if and when they start doing more of this trio stuff they keep talking about, like that's where the real value is going to come in for these kind of guys. Like when when yeah. you can do O'Reilly, Fish, and Cole as a trio against like the Young Bucks and Kenny, and like maybe this has been that's another thing too. Kenny being out as long as he's been out, yeah. I think they're having to like drag certain things and kill 100%. time. Yeah, 100%. so. So because yeah. I think it was supposed to be Cole and Kenny, and then I also think that it was supposed to possibly lead to the Bucks going with Adam Page because Adam because they did help Adam win the title. Yeah. So like there's just a lot going on, and then they brought in Red Dragon, and I, I don't know. But personally, if Jurassic Express doesn't lose the titles. I think the Jungle Boy might lose this because then he would have to be in this tournament at the finals at the pay-per-view. And if they have to defend the titles as well, he'd have to do double duty. And I don't see that happening. So I think Kyle might actually win. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know, you know, who else is going to be involved in this, like to qualify and everything. But I think that, uh, like, if it was up to me, if they're going to do like a Bobby fish and Luchasaurus match, something like that, if like those guys are also going to have a chance to qualify, I would have yeah. liked to see it to where like Kyle O'Reilly beats Luchasaurus, but jungle boy beats Bobby fish. Like, yeah. you know, but if it's gotta be jungle boy versus Kyle, that also leads me to believe maybe Bobby fish and Luchasaurus aren't involved in this at all, which I'd be fine with. Um, right. I like Luchasaurus, by the way, in the ring. Like, you know, I, the gimmick, he, there's a ceiling to the gimmick. There just is. Yeah. But, like, he's an impressive guy for his size. But Bobby Fish has always, he's always just been the other guy next to Kyle O'Reilly for me. Like, he's he's solid, but, like, I think Kyle's so much better than Bobby yeah. is. You know, just Kyle's more is. on the Adam Cole right. equal playing exactly. field. And a lot of people don't see it because he doesn't have the same charisma or the same mic skills. But, like, if you've been a longtime fan, you know that those guys have been like neck and neck rivals. So it doesn't make sense to me to just have Kyle be a jobber. So I hope that he does win um, and kind of get himself some some get himself some momentum. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Got some so, more super chats here. Yeah. Um, let's do it. Michael, appreciate the super chat. Says, "What's up, guys? How impressive you've been with the way Wardlow has been booked. I'm so blown away, and look forward to the segments with him and MJF. I mean, I am super impressed. Like he is over to the point to where I think he's going to be like Goldberg. Like they're chanting Wardlow, Ward, and like every time that he finds a way to sneak into the building, 
it gets a big pop. The crowd's really invested. Right when they see like, that first security guard knocked out, they're like, oh, here boom. we go. Yeah. And and he looks like a million bucks, right? Like he's destroying everybody. He looks like a total badass. MJF looks scared for his life. Like, I just think that uh, they're doing really good things with him. My biggest concern is the ceiling, right? Like, it's just, man, is Wardlow going to be the champ? And if he is going to be the champ, like, how how different does that make things? And I, I, I don't know. But I feel like he's going to get really over. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, like, the way he's beating people up has been pretty entertaining. Even my brother who, like, any hey, my brother likes wrestling more than he lets on, like, you know. Right. But, but it's one of those things where, like, when he gets an opportunity to jab at it, he will. Right. And when he saw Wardlow, the way he was, like, like bouncing people's heads like a basketball against, like, lockers, like, throwing them across the place, my brother was like, oh, this is, a guy, this is the best wrestler on the whole show right here. Like, are you kidding me? This dude's just out there just kicking people's ass. This rules. You know. Well, like, and he's one of those guys that, like, a lot of people like to say, like, can you beat his ass? And if you can't, then like he's believable because people don't look at the young bucks that way, right? They're like, oh, I could beat the young bucks ass. But like this guy, he's a believable badass. And so that's why so many people think the WWE would want him and all that because he fits that mold. But uh, I just think he's been booked really smart. He looks amazing, looks hell athletic in there. Like he just looks like a, a killer. I, uh, I, I'm pretty blown away by how just the guy being the bodyguard can become this like ultra baby face that people are really behind right now. Well, remember when he debuted, like before he debuted, when they were running his like vignettes of him yep. being like, just like beating up like, like thugs or whatever. Like, well, the funny thing is if you go back and watch those thugs, it's like legit, like Lee Johnson and right. all those other guys that we had no idea about back then, but you know, Remember they had like the scar on his back that was like digitally put in there. And I was like, what are they going to do with that? And I guess they decided to scratch that idea, but yeah. Yeah. But he kind of has gone full circle on that. Cause now he's like beating up a whole bunch of guys at one time and stuff. And like, yep. um, and then they've, they've been masterful about how they are getting him this close to getting his hands on MJF. And then the numbers game gets to him. Like the, right before he can get his hands on him because the other side of this that's really really interesting to me and i don't know if i like it or not if i'm being completely honest where this is one we got to really let play out and then it's it's been slow burning for since literally the beginning of AEW. but like wardlow has to beat mjf like otherwise there's no uh. like there's no point in all and i don't like the idea of that necessarily because i think mjf needs to be like really protected and be really one of those top guys but if wardlow is over enough it's not gonna hurt mjf too much to lose to, to him if wardlow is going to be their next guy and they're always going to be tied together for the next you know if they're both in AEW for the next five years there's always going to be some sort of callbacks they can do between those two dudes for the next you know the rest of their careers they'll they'll be linked to some degree like how batista and randy orton are always going to be linked to triple h and rick flair to some degree like through evolution like there's what what happens if wardlow becomes champion before mjf uh i mean <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't like. I that. mean, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily hate the idea, depending on how over Wardlow is. But I think MJF, 
Like MJF's already proven, like he's he can go in the ring with anybody, can have five star matches. He's the best on the microphone, I think, in the entire company. Um, like I don't think Wardlow is as good as of an overall package as MJF is, and MJF's no. still only 24, 25. Um, but well, like Wardlow, I remember Batista, right? Like Batista got to the level of like so over, but he was never really good. Right. Like he was never that good. He just got so over. And it was just like the idea of somebody stopping the evil Triple H. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's my biggest thing is it's like it's not based necessarily on how great he is. I just I'm just worried he's just going to get so over the Wardlow shirts are going to sell out and the white trash community is going to find their new Goldberg that can beat anybody's ass. You know, like that's. That's where I think he could go. But potentially. But also, I still think there's questions, at least in my opinion, about to what level he can go in the ring against the top wrestlers in the world. Like I do think though we haven't seen everything he can do. No, I agree. Like, I think I think he's been somewhat like they're preparing more to bust out more stuff as we go on. And I just think that's gonna get him more over. You know, like imagine in the MJF match, he busts out something that people are like, oh, my God. Like, and then, it, you know, and if he actually wins the match, then because, I mean, let's be honest, this thing is going to double or nothing. Like, it's going to be MJF and Wardlow, probably for his freedom, is my guess, because he owns the contract. Yeah. And I think that's totally possible. I mean, I got I got to see his first match in AEW against Cody in that steel cage in yep. Atlanta. And like. He looked good for what that was, but you know, it, most of what we've seen him do has been pretty basic, a bunch of power bombs, that kind of stuff. But that doesn't mean he's incapable of doing way more than that. It's just that's all we've really seen. On um, the road, too, they were showing like old Pittsburgh footage that he used to do in like an indie, and it showed him do like a standing shooting star press. So, I yeah. mean, I, I think he's got some stuff in him that people haven't seen yet. They're going to be like, whoa. I think it's very possible he does a shooting star press off the top rope just to stick it to goal or to a lessener. <laughs> right. Like, I could see that. Um, but but mm. at the end of the day, like he has to beat MJF. Um yep. but then they could also use that as an opportunity to make MJF like an even bigger low life coming out of that. Like he gets so pissed off that he's lost to Wardlow that like he hits the next level of just like complete, you know psychopath or whatever like sociopath um i don't know they'll figure it out with mjf they'll figure it out with all these guys i once again i don't have like a huge issue if wardlow becomes the champion if he's if he's ultra over like that's that's fine but i also really want to and then also i still feel like mjf has unfinished business with cm punk like they're one and one like they're going to come back to that at some point and that would be that's what i want to see win the title from cm punk like right now that we're at this point where punk i think needs the title because like he he definitely deserves it his 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 run in AEW and his star power and stuff like he did not the time's right i think to, to have him beat hangman and they can and they can have him hold that title for a while it doesn't need to be right away but like if you go back the, to him versus mjf is, the great thing is if you do all out right and if he wins a double or nothing, he's going to headline a Chicago show with the title. Like, right. that's really all you need to accomplish. He could lose it at full gear or whatever. But if he wins it from double or nothing and it goes all the way till full gear, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think that, you know, if MJF's the one to beat him for the title, then it's like, 
it would make sense because they're one and one, two and one, depending on the MJF's going to say they're two and one, but like that, it would, I just think it'd make sense because like you can sell the trilogy and like MJF at the end of the day, like CM Punk at the end of the day is still putting over the young talent and everything. And, um, but here's the other thing with AEW, they have so many damn options. Like they, there's so much talent that like, if they don't go this way, I'm not going to be mad about it. Cause like, just just a few months ago, I, there's no way I would have said put the world title on CM Punk. But like after the last few months, like yeah, put the title on him. Like there's, you know, depending on how things play out, I can definitely change my mind about this stuff. You know, so. Well, do you think? I guess the two matches for sure we're thinking on Double or Nothing is Punk and Adam uh, Page and MJF and Wardlow. Is there anything else that you've seen that you think is pretty likely to happen um they'll do something with like them i don't know if it'll be at the pay-per-view but they're definitely building to some sort of like blood and guts or something between jericho appreciation and kingston's group yeah that makes um, sense there's something with blood them. and guts i just don't think they're over enough for people to care that much but yeah because I would rather have like something like the elite versus the undisputed era, something like that, more towards blood and guts. But um FGR like, versus Jurassic Express, Dennis System said, yeah, that's that's and Red but Dragon. But Red Dragon seemed, yeah, the, the, yeah, I think they could be in it too because like they were kind of in, in uh FTR space as well. Yeah, didn't they do that triple threat match like at the last pay-per-view? Wasn't it those same three teams? No, because it was Young Bucks. Oh, that's right. The Young Bucks were in there. That's right. It was Young Bucks, Red Dragon, Jurassic Express. This time it would be FTR, Red Dragon, and Jurassic Express. That's right. Um, yeah. Britt and Tony Storm in the finals. Sheeta and Deeb. Yeah, that makes sense if they actually want to do that on pay-per-view. Jade will um, probably defend against someone like for right. number 30 something because she'll I, I i'm assuming she's going to beat marina shafir to retain the title and then they'll have someone else for her for the pay-per-view darby and sting have to wrestle right sting always oh, yeah. wrestles at pay-per-view so they'd have to be facing somebody you'd think the hardys would be involved in some way yeah maybe you just straight up do that match just the hardys versus sting and darby, darby and just sting, all baby no. faces like the fans wouldn't They'd be fine with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that'd be great. <laughs> be dope. I'd be cool um, with that. And then that could lead to possibly Jeff Hardy and Darby down the line. Or do they do the Hardys and the Young Bucks that soon? Could. Depends on where what the Young Bucks are kind of going to do. It kind of seems like they're out of it, though. So it's like they lost FTR and now they're kind of on the side. So that would make sense. It would be dope. Maybe that'd be a triple threat instead of the title match to do Young Bucks, uh, the Hardys, and Sting and Darby. Because then Sting doesn't have to work that much either. Like you can kind of just let the guys kill it there, but he can still be involved. Yeah, yeah. There, I, well, there, there, yeah, there's so many, so many good options. But yeah, I guess there. It isn't as like uh, we still have what about a whole a whole other month it's at the end of may right so yeah we have a month um, we have a month i'm just curious to like what you've kind of seen like what yeah. you think is could be happening yeah yeah that's uh, going to be the ones i'm thinking of yeah i think i think if punk and, and hangman is done right like that could be really really incredible really well done 
they got to do something with Mox and uh, Mox and Danielson and Yuta. Yeah. Got so many people. See, if anything, it would make sense that the sports entertainment group would want to feud with them. Yeah. I think that's going to happen eventually. That's right. Yeah. And then Daniel Garcia turns on Jericho and goes with the combat club. It's got to happen. That'd be perfect. Yes. You got to get Lee Moriarty also. He's kind of involved with like the Ring of Honor side of things, though, Moriarty, because he was a big part of like that last angle with Joe and Lethal. And do you think Joe and Lethal have a match at the pay per view? Because they're both AEW wrestlers. Yeah, maybe that. I mean, it makes sense if they're not gonna if they're not gonna drag it to. Because honestly, like that is that's a match I'm not like super interested in. Like, yeah, uh, Jay Lethal. I I think Jay Lethal's all right, but like I've never been like the hugest. I, I saw a tweet from uh, on Twitter. He's Boston Nuga. He's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah, uh, wrestling fan. I see him every time I go to a show. He, great dude. His name's Ben. He uh, that would be cool. House of Black versus British. Yeah, he, that'd be he, cool. He brought up a pretty. He brought up a point that I never really thought about. I was. He was like. He said something along the lines of like Jay Lethal is at his most entertaining when he's imitating more entertaining wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's actually kind of true. Like he was always more entertaining as like black machismo is like doing the Ric Flair stuff or like, I think the Ric Flair stuff is like way better than the machismo stuff too. Yeah. But, but the thing, I think my opinion, his run as champion and ring of honor for almost like two years in the house of black was phenomenal. Like I had him up there as like some of the best wrestlers in the world. Or the house he of truth. Killed. Yeah. What did I say? House the of house black. of black, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah truth Martini. The, yeah. Yes. The house of truth. Like I thought he killed it. Um, I think he's really good, but I, I think there's a reason why like WWE kind of passed on him and he's really just been, a ring of honor guy and, and all that. Like it's almost like in that Scorpio sky, I think he's better than Scorpio sky, but it's kind of just like, there's a ceiling for him. Right. Um, so, so I, I don't know. And it's funny too, because like the friendship with him and Sanjay is such a throwback to TNA. Like if you, if yeah. you've been a long time <laughs> wrestling fan and watched TNA, then like that pairing makes a lot of sense, but otherwise you would be like, why are they even talking to each other? Dude, I remember those days of like the X Division when it was like all those dudes and like and they were like feuding for Velvet. You remember that? I do. Oh. Yeah, oh. she was supposed to be like the Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The uh. They had that wait, tuxedo match in in Houston that wait, I was no, what, at. Wait, what was her name? It wasn't Velvet Sky. No, it was like no, it Red, was uh, uh It was uh her. No, no, no. It was. Oh my god. It was. I'm screwed up because you said Velvet. I, it was um. I'll think of it. She had the red hair, though. Um, yes. Um, I don't remember her name either. SoCal Val. Obviously. SoCal, SoCal Val. Val. There yes. you go. That's right. Um, Bam. Oh, that Dennis System got it also right when I did. I promise you I remember that one. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, I remember, like, D-Ray 3000 and stuff yes. like that. Like, dude, yes. they used to have so many random people in the X Division. Um, yes. Mikey Bats and all those guys. Anyway, yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember that. Ironically enough, some of the most entertaining stuff, like in hindsight, like when you go back and watch it now, like mm. go back and rewatch some of the stuff. 
I, re I recently rewatched re some of the stuff of like Kevin Nash, like taking the exhibition under his wing. And I was like, this is oh, actually yeah. way better than I remember it being. Like, I remember being mad at the time because like Kevin Nash should have yep. been nowhere near the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, but then when I rewatched it recently, I was like, this is actually way better than I remember. Well, being, and then so. if you listen to the Motor City Machine Guns, they're talking about how great of a time it was and how much fun it was and yeah. how cool Kevin was. And I'm over here like grinding my teeth, like, <laughs> stay away, you know? So mm -hmm. I think it's funny. Um, yeah. Another super chat. Appreciate it, Brandon. Um, even those, uh, you know, Stephen hates your bears. No, no, we, we appreciate all it. Bears. It's all good. Appreciate it. Um, when Sting finally hangs it up, do you have his last match against Darby? I, it makes the most sense. Yeah. I mean, unless that happens and then they do something else. Also, remember real quick, uh, tomorrow is Cody versus Dustin Rhodes, and that's never happened before ever. So not Cody, Cody versus CM Punk. God dang. I'm all over the place. CM Punk versus Dustin Rhodes. So I think that should be a really good match because I, I just feel like they're both motivated to have a good match because it's never happened before. I would almost like if Dustin Reynolds would just like or Rhodes, whatever, is just ditch the whole face paint, just the yeah. whole gimmick. Just it reminds me of Gold Dust. Just come out as Dustin Rhodes. Like I think that that would be actually better at this point. Yeah. But um, to answer your question, makes the most sense. I, I would think that that would happen. I don't know if Sting is interested in doing a singles match, but I could see him doing it if it's like, this is the final one. This is it. Um, really curious of how the storyline would be for that match. I mean, I would feel like Darby would have to turn evil and maybe like Sting is trying to save him from going a bad path or something. I, I don't know. What, what idea would you have for them to face each other? Honestly, it could it could really even be as simple as like I've got one more left in me. And yeah. Like I know I'm like, going out and almost like Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you're who I've chosen, like you're clearly who I've chosen to be my successor. Like it's your job to take me out. Like you got to put me out of my misery, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm out there, I'm gonna try to win. Like, I don't want to lose my last match, but like this is my last one I've got, and it's gotta be you. Um I got to pass the torch basically. Um, but I, I, I literally, since the first day that we found out Sting was going to be in AEW, I, I said his last match will be Darby. Um, the, yeah, there you go. Vincent Valentine. Good. Good yeah, stuff. I remember that. Yeah. Guys, I don't know. I didn't even say this at all, but if you could please smash that like button. It helps us out. I appreciate everybody that has submitted super chats. That definitely helps us as well. Thank you guys. Um, we definitely appreciate you coming in every week and uh, we really enjoy doing the show for you. So like I said, definitely appreciate it. Um, yeah. Most people believe they should be Sting and Darby. That makes the most sense. Um, the only other one that made sense that... would have been Cody. Yeah. But like he's not there. So. Way to go, Cody. Way to go. He'll speaking be back. Real quick, speaking mm -hmm. real quick, like starting to feel that newness of Cody wearing off a little bit. Like starting to see people complain about his entrance, starting to see people like just being like, oh boy, same Cody Rhodes. Here we go. I mean, I didn't watch Raw on Monday, so. I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't. And it was Kevin Owens versus Cody Rhodes. That's supposed yeah, to be a count, dream count, match. Count out finish. Count out finish. Like, Man, and I wonder if like Cody walks out to the crowd. It's not there yet, 
But when he starts to just have his match and like nobody's really going nuts, like in AEW where people are completely losing their minds and he's just kind of like, yeah, all right. You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely, it's all good. I'm not saying anything like we're, we, uh, we're, it's, it's over with, right? He's moved on. We've moved on. It's fine. But, uh, and honestly, I'm somewhat looking forward to Backlash just because it's a free pay-per-view. I, I can stomach the WWE right now, so I'm willing to watch what they're putting out. And and a lot of that is due to Cody, so I give him that. But um, I uh, I definitely think by the time we get like to June, this thing is going to be pretty pretty stale. Well, I mean, my whole thing, like I said before, is if this if Cody wins the WWE Championship, then it's, it's all, all worth it. It's all for sure. So, and, and the thing that bothers me is, is it's like, forget about everything. Forget about like what you think of Cody, what you think of Roman. If you think Roman's the guy or whatever, you can build such a good story of Cody going for that title and delivering it and delivering a moment. Even if Cody loses in three months afterwards or two months to Roman again or whatever, it just makes sense for them to do it. It just does. Like the prodigal son is returned. He comes back and he wins the big one for his dad. Like, and, and like I said, they have so much dusty footage. They have so many things that they could do. There could be such a cool entrance for Cody that night. Like they could just do so many different things. And, uh, if they don't allow that moment to happen because they want Roman to be the guy for 790 days or whatever, like that's just a shame. That's just unacceptable. Well, and a part of this that they're either not going to come back to because it's WWE or maybe they're just kind of like slow burning is then they never really elaborated on to my knowledge is like Vince is the one who brought Cody back in storyline. So like, shouldn't yeah, like right. shouldn't that be kind of something that matters? Like, why did Vince bring handpick opponent? Yeah. yeah. So like, is Vince choosing his new John Cena out of Cody? Because like that would make sense, but also it kind of doesn't because he's chosen his new person and it's Austin Theory. Clearly, right? So like, what is like? Why did it's, Vince have to be it, the one to bring no, Cody no. in in story? It's oh, theory. Just, sorry, just theory. That's right. Because Which, Austin well, I, stuttered Austin, and that is why they had to change the name. Well, I, I called that too a while ago. I said, I, I've said this about so many wrestlers. Like, if a more popular wrestler with the same or very similar name shows up, you're losing your name. Like, like right. that's, you know, just how it works in the WWE. Um, you can't have two of the same people with the same names. And if you're not as popular, then you're losing it. Like, could you imagine Adam Cole and Adam Page in the WWE? Like, well, that's what happened to Adam Page. But, well, but, but, but yeah, right. But that is what happened. But at, then you yeah. have Page, the female wrestler. So it would have to be Cole. You'd have to be Cole. <laughs> but like, that is why he, I, we talked about it before. But that is why Hangman uses the name Hangman. When he joined the Bullet Club, he knew that everyone right. was going to think he was the lamer Adam. You know, so like he needed to change his name because Adam Cole was now in the Bullet Club also. Um, but see now he's like I'm the Adam. I'm I know. I love how Adam. the how that's how it's flipped. That's that's right. that's real good long term storytelling, right? Exactly. 
Like, um, if you've paid attention all the way through, then you get the payoff. And that's why it's so huge that AEW has Ring of Honor's video library now, because the history of their company is the history of Ring of Honor. And it's the most ironic thing ever that they these guys left Ring of Honor, put them out of business, then bought them. Like, that's crazy. Um, so. Well, what's dope, too, now is, like, your CM Punk and Adam Page video packages can have ROH footage now. So, you know yeah, what I it's mean? It's incredible. That's yeah. that's amazing. So there's so much stuff that they can show and do and like documentaries. And I mean, it is limitless of what they want to do. You know what yeah. I mean? In WWE at most, you would get like a, uh, you won't get this anymore, but at most you would get like a, like a still image of like, you know, say like copyright ring of honor or whatever in the corner. Like that would be like the closest you'd, you'd get to anything like that on WWE TV it would be like just a picture of someone in their past. But this you can show actual video footage highlights to build matches and stuff. Like, yeah. some, I think that's a big reason they're doing Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal because you can. This story is pretty difficult to tell brand new fans without that footage. But if you have right, they do. You have the footage of Jay Lethal when he literally entered Ring of Honor forever ago. He came in as Samoa Joe's protege, and instead of just yeah. having to explain that to people on commentary. You can show them the videos of Jay Lethal learning from Samoa Joe back in like the early 2000s. Like, well, I mean, it's like right Jonathan there. Gresham was like under Lethal, you know yep. what I mean? So, like, you have that, which it sounds like he got injured, which sucks. And hopefully, that's not too bad that like it delays everything or they have to do an interim title match or something like that. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, but it should be a good dynamite tomorrow, definitely. Um, Kind of see where things are heading that way. Please, 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 no sing, and please, Samoa Joe, do not challenge Sing to a match. Like, let's, but it just you got to be open minded enough though that like if this guy goes out there and he's you like we got to have low expectations, right? I mean, like this guy is oh they're low tall. No, I know. He's over seven feet tall. He looks like he's like just started learning how to wrestle. Yeah. If we if I I got to reserve judgment because. I could have, everyone could have said the same thing about Jade Cargill and we all would have been wrong. You know, like there are other wrestlers, but it could wind up being Anthony Gogo, but it's possible too. Mm -hmm. You know, people blame Cody for that. That's not Cody's fault that this guy isn't good. It's not his fault at all. Um, It's only his fault from like a training perspective, maybe, but like. Well, and I also think that that's one of the faults of Cody or at least the ego of Cody that people had a problem with was the fact that like you thought you could take anybody and put them in there with you and you can make them a star. And like you're not that because these guys still have to really deliver out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and also, I think that was uh, the problem where it's like, okay, I'll do this, and then I'll feud with QT, and then I'll feel. And people are like, no, this well, is terrible. Well, like he said with that interview with Satin, like he he admits he made a giant mistake boxing himself out of being able to win the world Huge title. And, I mean, he he considers himself the best pro wrestler in the world, and he wants to be the world champion, and like that's completely understandable this guy has more than put in his time and has the lineage and every like anyone who has a problem with cody being in a in a top position right now just doesn't understand like he then also this guy's like 35 he's in his he's basically in his prime and he could still do this for many more years if he stays uninjured like he can be your guy for your company um right now um also speaking of gresham this just reminded me but i'll be going to battle slam on sunday this this weekend okay. which is baron black's new uh it's like his new promotion is uh battle slam vendetta and it's a 
play off of Death Jam Vendetta, the video game for the PS2. And uh, they're going to have like Pastor Troy is going to be rapping. They said a bunch of like rappers going. They're mixing like hip hop and wrestling and have some really good matches. Like Lee Moriarty's on this thing. Like there's a lot of, I think Dante Martin's on it. I, Are I they still say. doing Terminus or is this now like the yeah. evolution of Terminus? No, no, no. They're still doing Terminus 3 um okay. it's going to be a different show they haven't announced the details yet but there will be a terminus three the reason baron's doing this is because i know he had like he got some good opportunity he's gotten opportunities because of terminus like other like venues and stuff have been like hey we're thinking about promoting wrestling with all the success of terminus we have this this idea and like he he was on board because it's like he's always wanted to do like a hip-hop wrestling type thing and like the opportunity kind of presented itself but this can be separate of Terminus. So like it's got, you know, it's almost like a sister promotion to Terminus. But but this isn't strictly about like in-ring kind of pure wrestling the way Terminus is. I think this is more about like mixing hip-hop and pro wrestling, which um, I'm I'm excited for. Like I'm going to have a great time. So um, that's this yeah, Sunday. Yeah, no, sounds dope. And I'll, uh, I've already set it up with Baron that we're going to do a quick, uh, another quick audio interview at the venue. And I'll probably... Uh, try to get a few more wrestlers while they're there and um that'll probably go up on fightful at some point you know in the weeks following and stuff like that so good weekend this weekend we got, we got battle slam on sunday got uh impact rebellion on saturday once again i'll be on fightful's youtube channel immediately following rebellion to do that post show I th it's usually me and denise salcedo so i'm assuming that's it's the two of us sean rossap's usually breaking some news on there too right after the show so um so yeah, join us for that stuff. That's that's the stuff I got going on right now. Good good wrestling weekend coming up. Nice. Yeah. Um I'll probably check out the impact pay-per-view somewhere. That'll look good. That looks good. And then uh I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with um Dynamite and what they announced for Rampage and all that jazz. And then like I said, next week's the draft. That's that's gonna be huge. So um, and then shortly after that, we'll have the UFC pay-per-view and backlash and all that stuff. So a lot of good stuff coming up and then new Japan show and new, da, 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 here we go. Here we go. So, oh, um, yeah. very, very cool. A lot of fun to be a fan right now. A lot of cool stuff going on. And like one thing it's that always cracks me up too, is this whole like wrestling, isn't what it used to be and so so real quick i i listen i watched the uh, stone cold steve austin and bully ray interview uh the the podcast thing they do on the network mm -hmm. it was really good and i could honestly listen to them go for like five hours but like one thing that they just won't let go on is like how to work and how to get people uh, get heat and all this stuff and then bully's like i could have a great match as a heel and take one bump and I'm like, you can't anymore. You can't. Yeah. I'm telling you, you can't. And I know you know the business, and I know that, and I know you think you can work the crowd and all that stuff, but, like, we're in a different day and age now. And what pisses me off are people wanting to go back to the old days. Like, dude, when you buy a ticket to a wrestling show now, you get incredible live experiences, incredible live matches. So... Uh, I just think people need to embrace what's going on. I really do. Like, there's so much good stuff going on. There's so many great wrestling. Like, like if you just look at just this month, all the great matches that we've seen. I mean, it's like Cody, Seth Rollins, FTR, Briscoes, Adam Cole, Adam Page. You know, like 
CM Punk and Dax Harwood. And I, there's just all sorts of different stuff that like has been going on. Will Ospreay, Moxley, and Ishii, and and then you go all over WrestleMania weekend, and Moxley and AJ Gray, and, it, and it's like that's just a month, you know. Yeah. Like a, before, you used to be able to just have like one year's worth would be like that, and right. now it's like every month there's like ten to fifteen match of the year candidates. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Also, shout out real quick to uh, Southern Underground Pro. I I need to watch their newest show. I've been busy. They they put out a new uh, a new show on Easter um, on independentwrestling.tv. Y'all can use code Fight Talk if you uh, want to help me out over there. Uh, it's right above me on the thing. But uh, but SUP also is also known as SUP or SUP Graphs. But Southern Underground Pro, um, check their stuff out if you want to check out a good independent promotion out of Nashville, Tennessee. I need to get caught up, but uh. Shout out to them. Smaller speed. Talking about indie wrestling, they always put on really good shows. Awesome. All right, man. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter. Follow Steven on Twitter. I've been really slacking. Like, I still have all my pictures from WrestleMania weekend that I haven't posted. Like, I'll get there. Follow us on Instagram. I'll be posting some of those photos as well. So, appreciate everybody checking us out. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yep. You got the outro. I got the outro, and yeah, our YouTube is right above Doug. Live rounds YT. Go, uh, go follow. You mean us our, Instagram? our Sorry, Instagram? Sorry, that's what I was to say. What did I? What did I say? Your our YouTube. YouTube. Our YouTube is RVD Keto for life with the number four <laughs> RVD Keto for life. Yes, Instagram live rounds YT. Code fight talk. All is one word. Smash that like button. Hit Smash the like the button. Like button. Hit the subscribe button. We'll see you next Tuesday, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Live Rounds. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.